This podcast is brought to you by Acme Markets. Fresh foods, local flavors. 93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano. Today is Thursday. It is June 17th. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a Philadelphia police officer opened fire on a gunman in the city's Frankfurt section. This marks the second time this week officers have opened fire believing they were under threat. The police-involved shooting happened Thursday just before 1 a.m. on the 1500 block of Pratt Street. According to Chief Inspector Scott Small, a 15th District officer was on patrol in the area when he heard gunshots and saw a male gunman firing shots at the intersection of Frankfurt and Pratt. Small said the officer, who was in full uniform, exited his vehicle. The 29-year-old gunman pointed the gun at the officer. The officer then fired several shots at the gunman. Police said the suspect was not hit by the officer's gunfire. The suspect ran from the scene. The officer, along with several SEPTA officers who were stationed on the block, chased the gunman on foot. During the chase, Small said the suspect threw the gun into a trash can in the 1600 block of Pratt Street. He was soon apprehended on the same block, and officers recovered the gun from the trash can. Small said Police found three spent shell casings from the suspect's gun at the initial shooting scene, about 25 feet from that location. They found blood, but no victim. Minutes later, officers learned a 34-year-old male shooting victim had been taken by a private vehicle to a nearby hospital. He was shot in the face. The Philadelphia police officer involved shooting investigative unit, internal affairs, and the crime scene unit were all investigating at the scene. An alleged wire fraud, check fraud, and mail theft ring has been uncovered in Delaware County. Yadin police say there are 22 victims from that borough alone and fear that there may be more in all of the surrounding counties. The victims were robbed of more than $125,000. The suspects got a key from a mail carrier, though it's not clear if it was voluntary or through theft. They then used it to steal a white mail bin with checks inside. Investigators say the checks were washed with solution, forged, and deposited into legitimate accounts. Police say the bank accounts used for deposits were from young adults looking to make a quick buck on Instagram. They would post an ad and it would uh, if you want to make easy money, contact me, said Yadenboro Police Chief Anthony Paparo. They legitimately handed over their debit card, their PIN and their social security number. Jeez. Right? A traffic stop led uh, Yadenboro Police to three of the suspects. Inside that car, police found a gun, the solution used to forge the checks and cash. Uh, the chief said that they even found 59 checks and 19 debit cards hidden in shoes. A Yaden woman who didn't want to identify herself to 6ABC was said she was robbed for nearly $14,000 when two of her checks were stolen and washed. The first red flag, she said, was my mortgage company contacted me and said they didn't receive my payment. She said they even signed her name and they spelled it wrong. <laughs> While she's been able to recoup her money, her trust in the mail system is gone, as is her patience for the suspects. She says, I'm looking forward to going to court because there are a few things I'd like to say along with a slap. Police still are looking for another suspect, 19 year old Basir Brown in connection with this case. You know, it's interesting if you go in some parts of the city or like down a Maniunk or you know, people have their front doors right up on the street with their mailboxes right there, you know, and sometimes you'll see them stuffed with I mean, it's your yeah. inches from yeah. their Well, their they, stuff. they took it right from the they, they from had the a, bin, yeah. Yeah, from the bin. Uh, an unsecured database of more than a billion search records belonging to CVS Health was accidentally posted online and accessible to the public earlier this spring, ABC News confirms. The non-password protected database was discovered at the end of March by independent cybersecurity researcher Jeremiah Fowler, who then alerted the company to the exposure. Those records included a large number of searches on CVS pharmacy websites for COVID-19 vaccines and other medications, according to Fowler. A CVS spokesperson confirmed to ABC News that the data 
data was theirs and said that they became aware of the exposure. Uh, they, when they became aware, they immediately took down the database, which they say was hosted by a third-party vendor. The company emphasized the records did not include any personal customer, patient, or member information. According to Fowler, some of the information revealed in those searches, so you had to go in and search, but uh, you could have helped link to somebody's identity depending on what they entered in the search bar, he said. In some cases, an email address search then correlated with a visitor ID and user ID, which gained access to people's medications. Fowler said uh, when it comes to medical data, cyber criminals are extremely smart at phishing and social engineering. Meanwhile, a CVS spokesperson said they've addressed the issue with the vendor in question to prevent this from happening again, but would not comment on whether they would continue contracting with that vendor. In sports this morning... The Sixers suffered one of the worst losses in franchise history, falling 109 to 106 to the Atlanta Hawks last night in South Philly. Yeah, at one point, the Sixers had a 26-point lead and then became the only team to lose back-to-back 18-point leads in playoff games in the past 25 seasons. The 22-point halftime deficit the Hawks overcame was the third-largest halftime rally in NBA postseason history. In the last 25 seasons, the Sixers were 165-0 and when leading by at least 25 points at any point in the game, including the regular season and the playoffs. Game 6 is tomorrow night back in Atlanta. In the Western Conference, the LA Clippers beat the Utah Jazz. Uh, 119 to 111, and they now lead that series three games to two. And the Phillies beat the Dodgers 2 0 last night in Los Yay. Angeles. Zach Wheeler outpitched Clayton Kershaw, and Reese Hoskins hit an early home run to end an 0 for 33 slump as the Phils avoided a three game sweep. Hoskins connected in the first inning, and JT Real Muto added an RBI double in the third. Wheeler threw 14 scoreless innings over the last two outings after holding Atlanta without a run for eight innings last Thursday. The Phils are off today, but they're opening up a three game weekend series in San Francisco tomorrow night. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thank you very much, Kathy. Uh, yes, just to point out a few texts came in, we accidentally played the same segment uh, today that we did yesterday as a replay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we'll yeah, Find out what the mystery that. clip is tomorrow morning. <laughs> yes, it's exciting. At this same time, we'll see what happens. But uh, we do have some stuff going on. Uh, first of all, a reminder. The deadline to sign up for the, I believe, for presidency blood drive is today at noon because the blood drive is tomorrow and there are no walk-ups. And we want to make sure that if you do have the intention to donate, that you do it the proper way and you do get signed up today. So that is tomorrow, two locations, the Philadelphia Expo Center at Oaks and inside the event center at the Live Casino and Hotel uh, right at the sports complex. So that is tomorrow, and we'll be checking in because it's happening during our show on a Friday or starts during our show. We'll be checking in with a few of the uh, MMR staff members, I think, Pierre and Jackie Bam Bam and uh, Brent Porsche. I think yep. are yeah, be Porsche out. is going to be checking in with us tomorrow morning from uh, nice. the nice. live location. Excellent. Yes. All right, so uh, we will do that. And by the way, everybody who uh, does donate gets a Preston Steve T-shirt and this year's pint glasses from our friends at Window Nation and juice from Everfresh Juice. So that is tomorrow. Deadline today at noon. Don't miss it. We also have another big thing taking place today. Uh, We are going to give away here at MMR a trip to New York City to see Foo Fighters play at Madison Square Garden. And this includes train and hotel as well. So pretty sweet deal. Uh, The show is this coming Sunday. 
Yeah, this feels this to me is so awesome because it literally feels like zero to sixty. We had nothing going on, and now we have a massive show yep. with the trans. Everything is involved. It's just awesome. It's the first day of summer, yes. all this wonderful stuff. So our what, pets' heads are going back on. Yeah. What you need? What our you need? Heads are falling off. What you need to do is listen this morning between right now and uh, noon. We are going to play a bunch of Foo Fighters songs. You have to keep track of all those Foo Fighters songs, and then Pierre is going to ask for somebody to call in and give us that list of songs. Now, I don't know how he's going to do that, what number caller, blah, 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 all that stuff, but you're going to have to pay attention and get the Foo Fighters songs between now and noon. Uh, Keep in mind, the show is this Sunday, and the show is for vaccinated uh, people only. That's the way the Foo Fighters have lined it up. So make sure that you start paying attention because we'll begin that right away. Now... Uh, we also have some guests on the program from CBS3. Uh, Joe Holden's going to be on the program, and he's talking about these uh, cold cases. It's uh, CBS3 Mysteries. I find this fascinating. Tonight at 11 o'clock, so we'll talk to uh, Joe around 8.15 uh, or so. And we're also going to have uh, comedian Brent Tarun on the show. He's at uh, Punchline tonight and through the weekend, so we'll talk to him around 9 o'clock. So we have a bunch of things to get to. Yes. Yeah, Let's man. take a break, come back in a second, get into all of it, and a stupid question with some stuff for you. I think we have a $150 Fogo to Show gift card I think you would like. So we'll come back with that in a moment. Stay with us. Like the Preston and Steve Show podcast? Check out MMR's other audio on demand at WMMR.com or on the MMR mobile app. Summer's here and your local Acme is stocked and ready with the freshest meats and produce. It's the perfect time to fire up the grill, take in a game, and discover why summer is better with Acme. Skip the line and shop online at acmemarkets.com. An experienced Acme associate will carefully select your order and bring the groceries right to your car. Place your first online order and get $30 off when you spend $75 or more. Limitations and restrictions apply. Visit acmemarkets.com for details. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Let's give away a $150 Fogo to Show gift card for the answer to this question. The very first YouTube video ever uploaded to the platform was posted on what date? Mm. Oh, the wow. month, day, and year. 215-263-WMMR. Call now if you know the answer. Uh, the first YouTube video ever uploaded to the platform was posted on what date? All right. Month, date, and year. I'll go through some birthdays while we're waiting for your answer. Today is Thursday, June 17th. Uh, we're going to go with one from the band. Oh. Well, actually, a couple of different bands. Okay. Uh, musician Greg Raleigh, keyboardist. Okay. Uh, played for both Santana and Journey. And he was with Santana. Journey was kind of a, a spinoff of uh, Santana, believe it or not. So you had Greg Raleigh and you had uh, Neil Sean, who were both in Santana. And then they split off and they did uh, oh. Journey. And then Journey, when they first started... No, well, hang on. No? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's... <laughs> Was it's Jonathan Kane? So Damn it! Greg Raleigh played <laughs> on like the first couple of albums. In fact, he was there before Steve Perry was the lead singer. He was the lead singer of the band, to be honest. And there's some great songs like um, uh, "Anytime." Uh, well, they they he sang solo, and then Steve Perry came on, and they sang uh, together on a few songs. Um, and you would know his voice. He's got yes. he's a fantastic singer. Wasn't Neil Sean like 16 when he joined Santana? He was 15 when he Holy joined Santana, hell. yeah. And uh, so Greg Raleigh, I'm trying to think of songs off the top of my head, uh, Casey. That All right, you so it's know. not Any Way You Want It. No, not Don't Stop Believing. Not Mother, Father. No, pull up, pull up the entire journey. That's all. I, this is it right here. You're kidding me. That's, that's what all, in the hell? This is all we got, bro. 
That's an embarrassment. It's, it's Thursday. Disgusting. Yeah, so wow. We, we can have a sad bra, I guess, because it is Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway. Um, it's depressing. Uh, ooh, anywhere time as you need. Oh, yeah. That's a great song. Ooh, ooh. I'm standing here with my arms a mile wide. This is me doing Greg Rowley. Yeah. Hoping and praying for you. He also sang Black Magic Woman for oh. Santana. And okay. Anything. So anyway. Well, I'll do that one. He's 74 years old today. Okay. God um, bless him. Moving on. Uh, oh, it's man. okay, Case. But um, I want to play... It's a great song. Go ahead. Oh, boy. There's only, yeah, yeah, it's a big lead. 20 minute intro. <laughs> yeah. But that's him playing. That's him playing keyboards, yes. Okay. All right. We've officially done it. Right. Happy birthday, Greg Rowling. <laughs> Go to hell. 74. Uh, Newt Gingrich, former Newt. speaker of the House. Newt. He was with Santana for a couple <laughs> of years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he played Maracas. Yeah, Maracas. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I remember that. You've got to change your evil way, <laughs> baby. <laughs> How am I doing? Let me tell you something, man. I mean, I like your spirit, but uh, I don't uh, think you're a fit for the band. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, Canute. I was thinking. <laughs> good newt. So is that short for Newton by any chance? That's a good no, question it because it's spelled it? N-E-W-T. Yeah. Really? Yeah, Newton Leroy Gingrich. That's okay. actually uh, not true. His full name is Neutron Dance Gingrich. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, happy birthday, Newt Gingrich, 78. Uh, Greg Kinnear's birthday is also today. Very talented guy. Yeah. Uh, we love a number of his movies. Uh, Autofocus was on the other day, Preston. Oh, my God. It's <laughs> a messed up One movie. One of the most depraved movies, but... He, he's so good as Bob Crane. He's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I never would have guessed what a great... I remember when he was cast to be in As Good As It Gets because yeah. he was the he was the talk soup guy. That's what yeah, he came from. Yeah. yeah. And then he goes out and does As Good As It Gets, and we're like, oh, my God, this guy's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, he's a great actor. He's 58 today. Uh, Joe Piscopo. Oh. I am dark and you oh, are blind. You are blind as a bat. Uh, he is 70 years old today, so a milestone one for him. Piscopo was great on SNL with Eddie Murphy. Yeah. yeah. Venus Williams, the tennis player, is 41 today. Uh, Jason Patrick, the actor. Ah, and in The Lost Boys, he played Michael. Michael. If you remember. Michael. Mikey. Uh, he was also in Rush and, oh, that uh, stupendous uh, piece of crap, Speed 2 Cruise Control. Yeah, the high-speed game that you'll find when uh, ocean liners race each other. Yeah. Wait, but- you're acting as if the first one was better. I like the first one. I didn't mind the first it's one. It's a junk food movie. It's it fun. Was, there were some stupid parts of it. Two worst actors in Hollywood <laughs> in a terrible movie. Go Keanu Reeves and oh uh, Sandra Bullock. And Sandra Although, Bullock. you know I've come around a little bit on Sandra Bullock. However, that was when she sucked and I hated her. <laughs> yeah, you can't you can't down talk Keanu, though. He's John Wick. You can't. Yeah. You're not allowed to. I can. He. I don't know how that man is successful. I'm sorry. Here's, uh, here's the Love moments him, from Lost Boys. <laughs> Michael. I love that movie. So let me ask you, Steve, because there was I saw a screenshot of a of a movie. What do they call those things? Uh, Marquee. Marquee. Poster. Okay, so in the theater at this time, it was Lost Boys, Predator, uh, RoboCop, and Full Metal Jacket. You can only pick one. Full Metal Jacket. Yeah, same here. Yeah. Yep. I went with Predator. Uh, Let's see. Then you have uh, Will Forte celebrating his birthday today. He's uh, 51 years old. MacGruber. MacGruber! Uh, They're going to do another one. 
And it's star-studded. I just, yesterday, somehow, Val Kilmer ended up in my timeline on Twitter, and uh, he had tweeted something out as a clip from Batman Forever, a quick little gif. And so I tweeted, I went through the whole list, Preston, I'm trying to kind of suck up to Val Kilmer and see if we can get him on the show through social media. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean... McGruber and all this stuff is just wonderful. Last Man on Earth, yeah, yeah. SNL, of course, 30 Rockies, 51 today. Uh, Aaron and Diane Murphy, you may not know those actresses, but they were twins, and they both played Tabitha on Bewitched. Yes. Uh, because oh. you need to have you have babies, you have to have twins because of uh, the child labor laws and so on. Uh, so she is 57 years old. I love baby. Bewitched. That was a great show. All the time would watch mm-hmm. Bewitched, and, and they... They didn't play the older Tabitha that was Lisa Hartman. Right. Uh, Elizabeth Montgomery, just a beautiful Gorgeous. Woman. Just yeah. absolutely beautiful. Uh, so Aaron and I Murphy, 57. Thomas Hayden Church. God, you got to oh, love him, man. He's awesome. He's so great. Um, and when we spoke to him, he's just, he's who you want him to be. Yeah. Uh, he's uh, he's great. He was awesome in Wings. I've been um, watching Wings lately. It's on one of the uh, you know, five billion streaming channels. His Lowell was one of the best things about Wings. And I love Sideways. Yeah, his character is awesome and reprehensible and just <laughs> excellent in that movie. He's 61 today. Uh, Bobby Farrelly, the director, his brother Peter, uh, they have brought you some of the most hilarious and wrong movies you've ever seen. Something about Mary, Dumb and Dumber, Kingpin, Shallow Howl, Me, Myself, and Irene. Didn't he direct uh, The Green Book as well? Yeah. Did he direct The Green yes, Book? Yes, no I believe kidding. he did, yeah. Okay, uh, he is 63 today. And then locally, or from our area, Tori Birch. Oh! It's her wow. birthday today. Uh, she is 55 years old. The second most famous designer behind Kathy. Wow. <laughs> you know what? She um, actually does this really cool thing. She has a, a nonprofit, and she takes in people who have small businesses. You have to apply for it. If you get accepted, um, you go up to her offices in New York, and they basically like put you through a program to help make your small business successful. And then you <gasps> go into her offices. You meet with her. You meet with her team. And yeah, and they and then after you're out of the program, they stay in contact with you, and they kind you know if you have any questions or you need any guidance, they help you that's very cool yeah. was she the impetus for the uh was she was it a birch box that we were riffing off when we did the bitch box no i don't think no okay. that has, no All she right. just um she just started uh her company which was small at one point and now is just massive yeah. awesome but the birch box was that's where we got the idea for bitch box i, I thought yeah, yeah, yeah i didn't know if that, nothing, but that wasn't tori birch it has nothing to do with tori oh, birch all right, all right, yeah, yeah. uh she's 55 today so happy birthday tori birch let's see if we can get an answer to the stupid question the first youtube video ever uploaded to the platform was posted on what date? I go to Al to see if he knows the answer. Hey, Al. Hey, you guys rock. Thank <laughs> you, Al. All right, give me that date, please. April 23rd, 2005. He would be Yay! correct. Hang on the line, Al. It was a cold at the, a day at the zoo or yes. at the zoo or something like yeah. that. It's just a guy walking around at the zoo, and it's a short clip, but that was the very first video ever posted to YouTube. So, Al, hang on the line. We're going to get your information. We'll give you a $150 Fogata Show gift card. You can try the new Bone-In Ribeye Premium Cut included as part of Fogo's full uh, churrasco service. And welcome to What's Next at Fogo to Show. Make reservations at for, uh, for Fogo at Center City and King of Prussia at Fogo.com. All right. Uh, after rumors continue to swirl about the romantic future of Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, <laughs> the two have invested in a lavish Airbnb. Ooh, we just were talking about Airbnbs yesterday. Living together in the Sherman Oaks area of Los Angeles, the couple is spending $30,000 a month for <laughs> rental oh, okay. of a 5,300-square-foot home. $30,000 a month. 
For what? What was it? A fifty-three hundred square foot home. So wow. not gigantic. No, like uh, a, a good size home yeah. for two people. But two people. <laughs> you know, yeah. Uh, the new five bedroom, five bathroom mansion. They're calling it though. I guess yeah. If it's just two people, including a pool, basketball court, a chef's kitchen, as well as its own spa. Uh, sources say that they moved in uh, last month. Ah, uh, so they're finally they're living together. Finally, yeah, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were before, but what do I know? I don't know. Uh, Angelina Jolie was spotted in New York City on Tuesday with a new tattoo on her forearm. She's got a lot of them. Photographers snapped pictures of the new ink as she exited the Carly- Carlisle Hotel. You know what it is? Uh, yes, it's a cryptic tattoo that reads "Epper si muovo." Huh? Or, or move. It's in it, it's Italian. That's Latin for Voltron. It translates to and yet it moves. Ah. The actress was uh, seen stopping by ex husband Johnny Lee Miller's Brooklyn apartment, accompanied by her seventeen year old son Pax. Tuesday's visit was the second time in a week that Jolene was seen. Jolene was seen popping by the former Elementary Stars home. I bet you they become a thing again. They were married in uh, 1996 to 1999. Nick has got some information on yet it moves. It's uh, attributed to Galileo, and uh, it's about the fact that the um, Earth moves around the sun rather than the converse. Yes. Uh, so, um, and yet it moves. And yet it moves. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Scott Disick has gone all out for girlfriend Amelia Hamlin's 20th birthday. God, he's the greatest guy oh, ever. Oh, yeah. He's, Isn't he? by he's the just way, the best. So in awful. a year, she'll be able to drink. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Let's keep that in mind. All right, just sodas now, sweetie. Radar reports that uh, days after surprising Hamlin with a diamond necklace, Disick bought the model a $57,000 limited edition Helmut Newton print titled Saddle 2 Paris 1776. What is The black and white photo depicts a dark-haired woman sitting atop a saddle mounted atop a chair staring at a grand piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, the outlet reports that... The hell is this? The 38-year-old socialite purchased the print from Art Life Gallery's pop-up in Miami's design district using the cryptocurrency uh, Ether... Ethereum. Ethereum Pay? Yeah. Okay. I guess so. And look, I got you a steampunk lamp. A newly launched utility token that operates on its own point-of-sale payment processing system. All right. Uh, Hamlin is reportedly an equally extravagant gift giver. She gave uh, him a brand-new Harley-Davidson motorcycle for his birthday, by the way. I see, See, I can understand her having the money because she's a model. What the hell does he do? Yeah, I don't know. But by the way, if you are in your 30s and you're dating a teenager... Uh, what do you do about alcohol consumption? You know, I mean, is that um, you just bring oh, it home? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he sneaks her a beer now and then. You're dating a teenager, Scotty. Can you get me a thick pack? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Kevin Smith is happy to see that his Jersey Girls stars are back together, but he wishes that the couple could be given a new nickname. And he's got a suggestion at the end of the story. Uh, the director recalled seeing Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez falling in love for the first time around uh, in an interview with E! News saying they started dating like while we were making Jersey Girl and it made you up the ante of your relationship. It made you want to be a better husband because he was like stellar as a boyfriend and stuff. <laughs> he said, uh, so it's nice to see them. Uh, he said, life happens like that sometimes. You circle back to the people who made the difference, made the most difference in your life. And, of course, he coined the term Benefer. That's where we got that from Kevin Smith nearly 17 years ago. But he said he hopes they can have a new nickname this time around, suggesting 
J Fleck or something like that. <laughs> J Fleck is good. I like J Fleck way better well, than Benner. Yeah, Fleck. absolutely. That's not bad at all. Um, so uh, Jersey Girl, he he directed them both in. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And I think that's a pretty good movie. It's decent, right? I Have you ever seen it? it? Never yeah, saw. No, I did, yeah. but I don't remember. It's kind of sweet. It. Yeah. Uh, the ESPYS are returning to New York next month for the first time since 1999, and Anthony Mackie is hosting the show that honors the year's top athletes and sports moments. Uh, the show will air July 10th live on ABC from the rooftop at Pier 17 at the Seaport. Ah, oh, that'd be awesome if he was, if he had his Captain America suit. Oh, yes, and flew off the roof. Great. Last year's show was virtual, uh, and it was previously held in Los Angeles for 18 years. Uh, the show's first seven editions were held in New York, either at Madison Square Garden or Radio City Music Hall. I could not have less interest in the ESPYs. It, it just, it seems, you know, they, they get awards constantly. I don't I don't get what it's they, about. They put it on at a time when there is literally no other sporting event yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. So they find like, a, it's like All-Star Weekend. Right. So um, in theory, I guess the NBA will be finished, although maybe not this year. The um, only interest I have in the ESPYs is that Anthony Mackie is hosting it. it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the show will follow return-to-work guidelines as well as relevant city, state, and centers for disease control and prevention rules. In a recent interview with E! News Daily Pop, John Stamos uh, credited his sobriety with making him the father that he is today. Uh, the former full, Stamos. The former Full House star <laughs> told the outlet, I know who I am certainly by 57 now. Uh, it's been close to six years in June that I sobered up. I never could have been a father during some of the more. And then he paused and said, some of it was really fun, and some of it got to be very unhealthy. John Stamos. Uh, now his life involves getting up at 5 a.m. with his three-year-old son, Billy. With uh, uh, And with the way that he gushes about parenthood, it's clear that being a dad is one of the actor's favorite roles. I like John Stamos a lot. Uh, Stamos said, being a parent is about sacrifice. You don't get rewarded for it. Uh, you don't get a trophy or a ring, but what you do get is you get a child who is more loving, more kind, and a smarter version of you. And I think that's really he, special. He that's... also revealed his favorite magazine. Yeah. Good housekeeping. <laughs> his favorite dinosaur. Velociraptor. But that's not entirely true. It seems like every single Father's Day, I get an award for being the world's best dad. Oh, do you? Yeah, uh-huh. I've gotten an apron. I've gotten a t-shirt. Uh, you know, so I keep... Every year, I Honestly, keep winning. That, that's, yeah. do, do other fathers know about that? I, I mean, maybe they, they, they made they, that uh, up their game. John is uh, touring with the, some version of the Beach Boys. There are a few of them out there right now. Um, and but do I, they play Kokomo by any chance? Uh, they do, and yeah. he plays on it. And so um, I think he's in that video. Yeah, yes, he, he is. is. He, he plays drums and yeah. bongos, I believe. But they they did some charity show in L.A. Uh, not that long ago, and he was jamming within it. He's playing the guitar, he's singing. There we go. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's he's been in the in the. Um, Beach Boys fold for a long, long time. But I, I think, forgot how that happened in the first place. I, I think because of this song, um, they needed some uh, pop appeal, and so ah. they, they brought in Samus. But there's more than one version of the Beach Boys out there right now. There's yeah. one with Mike Love that's touring, and I think they officially have the name. Uh, and there's a whole bunch of other musicians in that band that are not Beach Boys. Right. Like there's one with Newt Gingrich as well. Yeah, he plays uh, maracas. Yeah, uh, he was... <laughs> but uh, actually, this, from what I understand, they actually he was hanging around there. Sphere for for a while, massive Beach Boys fan. He's been a drummer forever, John Stamos, and I think it was Mike Love or somebody said, "Why are all these girls here?" And it was it was at the time, I guess he was in General Hospital, and uh, that's how the relationship started. So right. when it came time to do Kokomo, as Nick pointed out, they wanted some 
some some factor, some girl, you know, attracting factor, and they right. put them in it. Okay. Is Kokomo an actual place? No. Okay. Oh, well, you know what? I don't know. I hate it so much that I have blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I've always assumed that it was a fictional. I, I Wait, but so everything too. else is. Place. Yeah, yeah, Aruba, yeah. Jamaica. That's Ooh, what I want to take you. <laughs> yeah, Aruba, Bahamas. I think Kokomo's real. There's one in Indiana. I don't think there's one in the Caribbean. Right. Well, maybe they're talking about the one in Indiana. Well, it says off the Florida Keys, there's yeah. a place called well, Kokomo. Well, Indiana's very much off the Florida Keys. Okay, yeah. I did not know that. You're way off no, the Florida, Florida Keys. There really is no Kokomo in South Florida. Yeah, okay. it says here, although Phillips pictured Kokomo as a place off... Who's Phillips? Uh, uh, Papa John of, Phillips. No, one of the Beach Boys, I assume. Uh, um, it was written by Papa John Phillips. As uh, Was it really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, and off the Florida Keys, really, there really is no Kokomo in South Florida. There's Kokomo Charters in Sarasota, a Kokomo City in Indiana, a Kokomo in the Fiji Islands, and a community named Kokomo in Hawaii, but the music video was filmed in Florida. Well, technically, all off the coast of uh, Florida. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Luke Wilson is down to reunite with Reese Witherspoon for Legally Blonde 3. When asked if he'd reprise his role as Emmett Richmond, the actor told people, yeah, I'm always up to work with Reese again. Uh, we'll just have to see what happens, though. Uh, she is set to reprise her role of Elle Woods in the upcoming Legally Blonde 3, which was co-written by Mindy Kaling, but um, I oh, don't know be cool. if they've written him into it yet or not. So speaking of Luke Wilson, his brother Owen Wilson, have you seen Loki yet, Preston? have not. So Owen Wilson's nose... At this point, out of, out of age, you know, he has kind of a weird nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, case you'll, it's become two noses now, hasn't yeah. it? He has a nose and then a sub-nose. There's yeah, like a, there's, a, a, big there's a, a big dimple right. uh, that, that kind of happens in the middle of his nose. That's so. become more pronounced. No kidding. Yeah. No okay. kidding. Uh, Victoria's Secret has signed Megan Rapinoe. Is that how you Rapinoe. say Rapinoe. Why do I, I always say Rapinoe? Well, because it looks like Rapinoe. Uh, Rapinoe. I say Kokomo. I, and I dig her. I think she's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and Priyanka Chopper John, Jonas uh, in a bid to help rebuild the struggling brand. So Victoria's Secret, they have signed them. Oh, they're struggling? Uh, pay, yeah, yeah, I think they've been having wow. trouble for a while. Do you know what might help them, Preston? Reduce the prices by $1,000 mm-hmm. on each item. They're, they're incredibly overpriced. Uh, page six reports that the two will be part of the VS Collective with diverse leading icons and changemakers ready to shape the future of the brand. Uh, the actress and soccer star uh, will not be walking the runway anytime soon, but will appear in marketing material and on the brand's podcast series as well. And they've gotten rid of the angels and that, that holiday broadcast that they would do, and it was... Uh, it, it became old really fast, and it wasn't even getting good ratings. Even though you had all these Victoria's Secret models, it was so annoying. Yep. Uh, Will Smith is going to host his first-ever comedy variety show for oh. Netflix later this year. According to the streamer, the one-hour special will include surprise celebrity guests, noteworthy conversations, fresh comedic sketches, and huge musical performances and more. That's pretty wild. So I guess that's a one-off. Um, I'm not really sure. Isn't he working? What does he work? He's working on a movie where he was getting in shape, um, right? Playing an athlete or something? I don't know, but he, yeah, he had he had gotten a big old pot belly on him, right? And he was uh, posting that, but but oh no, it was a uh, well, yeah, and and they were going to follow his transition, right. right? As he works out, but the end goal was he was doing it for, for a, a movie role, role yeah. Okay. 
That's what I don't know. Who the hell? Hey, ah, who knows? Hey, Disney Plus announced uh, Wednesday that all of its original programming, including scripted, unscripted, and animated series, will debut on Wednesdays instead of Fridays. Huh. Uh, the move comes one week after the latest series, Loki, became the highest-rated premiere on the network. So it's going to be Wednesdays. Interesting that they will put those in. Hulu does that. I, I, you know, Wednesdays? I can see that. Yeah, because as you get towards the weekend, people are going out. So if you debut it on Friday. You know, uh, and as as things are starting to open up, you're more right. likely to have people at home looking for something to watch during the week. That might be the reasoning behind that. Yeah, yeah. I like it. That I, I don't. I don't hate it, but I do. Listen, I'm I'm a couch potato. You know, yeah, on the weekends yeah. and stuff like that. So having it, you know, debut on a uh, Friday is not it, bad. Now. You just watch it on a Friday. Yeah. Well, so Mosquito Coast is the the latest show that uh, I got. Um, uh, into and that that's on Apple Plus, right? And that was with Justin Theroux, and that debuted on Fridays. And I had you know, and it gave me something to look forward to on the weekends, right? But you know, so but you know, Loki and Handmaids were dropping on Wednesdays. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I had only there was a lot of TV to watch, <laughs> but it gives me nothing to watch on yeah. the weekends because I can't help myself. I have to watch it the day it comes out. <laughs> you know. Did you watch Loki already this week's? Uh, yeah, and that's why I'm so. Tired you watched the second episode right last night. I watched it. La- well, so I was like, oh, I'll just put it on while I fall asleep, and then I didn't fall asleep. <laughs> I was going to watch uh, Loki, and then I watched Cabin Boy instead. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good show. Well, man. I'm, I'm saving Loki for the weekend. Because everybody's waiting for the weekend. No, everybody's working for the weekend. Oh, yeah, you're right. All right, so there are reports that uh, Chrissy Teigen is looking to do a sit-down interview with Oprah in order to do damage control in the wake of her cyberbullying scandals. That's how you fix things. Uh, so, yeah, Oprah is, can right? fix everything. Oprah totally. does fix everything. If she sits down and she has the opportunity to call the royal family racist, I think it's a win. <laughs> a source... Tells the outlet, Chrissy is being advised to go into hiding. Lay low. Lay low. She is being told that... Uh, oh, I'm... Going. Lay low. Lay low. Let me wait for you. Might as well. Yeah. Let them have it. Because <laughs> you're going to continue, and then you'll just get cut off. It'll be haunting. I am your father. Here it is. Okay. Thank you, Preston. Lay low. Lay low. Not lay low. Lay low. We need to just isolate that last part. Did she kill her Twitter account again? I Maybe. didn't hear that, if that's the case, oh, but no, it, it, it may be. Oh, you found it? Yeah, but she just hasn't posted for a while. All right. All right. Well. Maybe not post for a long time. Mm. Yes, exactly. She should put the phone down. She should <laughs> lay low. She's like Bolaris. Just stop talking. Stop, stop it. it. Oh, they would stop be, for a minute. They, they, they might be soulmates. <laughs> lay low. She is being told that all this will pass if she shuts up and does nothing. However, that isn't her style. Which Make is it your style. Chrissy is in talks with Oprah to do a Meghan Markle sit-down type of interview and tell her truth. The insider added that she hopes the interview will allow her to hit the restart button on her career. <clears throat> You're, she's so dramatically narcissistic at this point that she can't tear herself away from that. I wonder what John Legend is telling her to do. Yeah. Because if you go do that damage control, Preston, 
in the lead up to that airing, you're going to have other people, I would imagine, perhaps coming out of the woodwork to jump on the bandwagon. You know, here's what uh, John's doing fine career wise. Pull back. Let him bring in the money. Yeah. Stop everything you're doing. Live your life for a few years. And layers and <laughs> Probably what she should do, I would think. But we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, Lindsay Lowen posted a... Lindsay Lowen. <laughs> ...never before seen photo from behind the scenes of The Parent Trap on Wednesday. The I love that movie. 34-year-old actress shared the picture on Instagram in honor of her younger brother Dakota's 25th birthday. And the image showed oh. her... In one of her character's well-known outfits, holding her brother outside of the House of Parliament and Big Ben in London, where several scenes in the movie uh, were filmed, is actually a really cute picture. She's an ador- she was an adorable kid, a talented actress. Yeah. Uh, and then 2,000 cartons of cigarettes later, mm-hmm. uh, that kind of got ruined a little bit. Yep. Hey, uh, Elizabeth Olsen and Robbie Arnett were spotted wearing uh, their wedding bands for the Ooh. first time since the WandaVision star let it slip that she had a husband. E! News reports that the pictures of the couple hanging out in New York City show the actress and her musician husband walking hand-in-hand while sporting gold bands. I'm not that familiar with Robbie Arnett, are you? No, not at all. Uh, Olsen first dropped the news that she had been married in a conversation with Kaylee Cuoco uh, for Variety's Actors on Actors series when she casually referred to Arnett as her husband. So they are, uh, it's all, the cat's out of the bag. To be honest, Preston, I thought she was a perfect fit for Ultron, and I would like to see them play out. Yeah, would you? Yeah. All right, let's do the clips. Here we go. Rogue Hostage follows former Marine Kyle Snowden racing to save his daughter and other hostages after armed radicals take over his stepfather's store. In this clip, Tyrese Gibson shares his admiration for his co-star, Carlos Sanchez. Honestly, I was very impressed. I mean, I've seen and worked with some young actors, but I started calling him Oscar, you know? We'll get you Oscar. You know, what up, Oscar? Um, I'm not above being inspired by, by someone. So when I seen his intensity in certain scenes, it made me go more intense, you know? So it was really cool. Could you shut up? Rogue Hostage is now streaming on Amazon Prime. Here's the next clip. The In the Heights musical is a kaleidoscope of dreams that aims to rally a vibrant and tight-knit community. In this clip, star Lin-Manuel Miranda talks about shooting the film on location. The fact that we set up shop on 175th Street and we cast as many local extras as we could and we got costume elements from the local stores and we, you know, our catering was local and like like every aspect of it, we just tried to be good neighbors while we were there and um, it was an incredible summer. And then when I watch it, I can't believe it was real. In the Heights is now showing in theaters and on HBO Max. There you go. That's your entertainment report for the day. We have a lot going on today, friends. We have a chance to win uh, this very cool concert experience and trip, if you will, to New York City on Sunday. Foo Fighters to play in Madison Square Garden. You'll get uh, you'll get train uh, you you get train tickets. You get uh, a hotel stay, and you get tickets to the show. But you need to listen to the Foo Fighters songs that we're playing through the course of the morning. If you missed the first one. You're out of the running because we've got it. It started 6 a.m. and it goes till noon. So just a reminder to keep track of the Foo Fighter songs. Pierre is going to have your chance to win 
that trip later on this afternoon. A couple of guests on the show, Joel, Joe Holden from uh, CBS3 and comedian Brent Tarun will be on as well. We'll take a break and come back with it all on this gorgeous Thursday morning. Stay with us. Join Brent Porsche Friday from noon to 3 at the Verizon Store at 5700 Route 42 in Turnersville, New Jersey. Buy a select smartphone from Verizon and get up to $1,000 toward a second smartphone for the dad in your life. Additional terms apply. See store for details. Uh, I have a few stories here. Um, We might have to... Yeah, let's dust off the shelves of the 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 general store oh, right hey, because hey. I've, I've got a lot of product and need to move it this week. Time to head down to the general store and buy the Plastinelli that's just got some new inventory in. <laughs> We're all excited to see what he has. He starts to unbox everything. You know, his wife left him. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, this is not true. Uh, no, some some odds and ends to go through. And according to Wallet Hub, the website, the best state to live in overall in the United States is New Jersey. Oh, okay. Why is that? The state landed in the because first... Because it's so close to Pennsylvania. <laughs> ...place on the website's best states to live in rankings and received high marks in the health and education category, coming in uh, fifth place on the list. It also ranked fourth in lowest crime rate and ranked in the top ten for quality of life, according to the survey. Oh. Jersey's a fine state. Uh, it lagged in areas of affordability, where it ranked 49th on the list. So yeah, it's, it's expensive. In, it's expensive to live in, and uh, and in economy, where it ranked toward the middle compared to other. Well, states. especially if it like you're up towards North Jersey, like closer yes. to New York. That is, it's it's like living in New York. It right. is so expensive, and that's why and that's why it's become that way because a lot of people obviously move out of the city, go through the the, the tunnel, and live right. like Hoboken became a very trendy place to live, mm-hmm. and that used to be kind of a, a dumpy area. So it's the same thing happened in Connecticut, and people who are living in the city. Um, you know, moved to the uh, adjoining states and made those states subsequently more expensive to live in in those yeah. areas. Well, in yeah. Jersey City, too, is like, I mean, that was a dump for a long yeah. time. And now it's like the new Hoboken. Like, people are going to Jersey City instead of Hoboken now. But if you think of New Jersey, if you think of the different nuances of it, so you have, you know, we know it across the river and we know, you know, uh, Cherry Hill and, and, and Princeton and those those areas. And then you have the shore. And then you have that area right. that's right outside of, you know, uh, New York. So it, it has different complexions to yeah, it. Yeah, very much so. Well, I, I, sometimes, um, Steve, I'll, if I'm coming from uh, Southern Points and I cross over the Delaware Memorial Bridge to get in New Jersey from the Wilmington side. Yes. I forget how rural that part of New Jersey is. Like, very is, much so. It's, it's just wide open farmland. And, yeah. and, and you know, it's um, and very different, as you were saying, than like, you know, any place else in the state. And then you go up to some northern parts of it and then you forget how... Uh, kind of uh, the the train becomes more mountainous yeah, and rocky, yeah, like the Poconos and, almost, and beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so it's got, it, like you said, Steve, it's got a bunch of different uh, uh, um, complexions. complexities or complexions, yeah, to it. And it has blueberries, that too. Yep. Lots of Jersey blueberries <laughs> and tomatoes, um, and wa- dinosaur bones. Wallet Hub's <laughs> survey took into account uh, fifty two weighted metrics, including property taxes and cost of living as more important factors as opposed to movie theaters per capita and low birth weights, which were deemed less important factors. Um, I do have the top ten in their list of overall best states in the country to live in. So you had New Jersey. Two, nine, no- ten sounds desperate. Yeah, <laughs> New Jersey is number one. Uh, Massachusetts was number two. Huh. Followed by New York, 
Idaho, New York, Minnesota, <laughs> Wisconsin, Utah, New Hampshire, Iowa is in there. Hmm. Kind of interesting. And number ten was Pennsylvania. Oh, well, there oh, you go. Hey. We made the list. I was yeah. about to start cursing. Yeah, so we're in, we're in the top ten. <laughs> so that's uh, not a bad place. That's to be. good. But if you're if you're in Jersey, according to Wallet Hub, whether you believe it or not, they have uh, deemed it to be the uh, best place to live in they, overall. They didn't micro specify a particular region as being the 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 best place within New Jersey to live, did they? No, I all tried right. to find the breakdown of all this stuff, and I couldn't find the definitive list. I went on Wallet Hub, but it only had you know summaries of it. It didn't have the. Um, you're oh, a New Jerseyite now, Preston. I do have yeah. uh, some New Jersey. Property, yeah. Uh, that uh, so I'm I'm new. I'm new to the whole state, but uh, we're enjoying what we're experiencing so far. And your suitcase, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. But that like it's almost like it's not New Jersey. New Jersey. I just don't know. It like it. The layout seems so um, flat. No, weird to me. Like I, it's just I. You know, if you were to if you were to blindfold me and drive me around for a while and then plop me, you know, in. You know, and, and ask me if I was in, like, Pennsylvania or New Jersey, I'd be like, I, I could totally tell the difference. Just We by, need to try that. Just by yeah. looking around? Just by we looking around, I'd be that. like, no, this is definitely New Jersey. Like, I, right. I guarantee you, like, it it just has a... a and one one is, morning we're going to do that. Yeah, yeah, South, ju- I'm thinking, Jersey. I'm like, wait a minute, that's actually... Like, you could put somebody, one of us in Delaware, one of us in New Jersey, and one in Pennsylvania and see if we could yeah. identify what state we're in. Which, yeah. which part of New Jersey is most like... Pennsylvania. Okay, so I feel like uh, there is a woman. <laughs> Man, I feel like, like a woman. All right, so I went Fell for a, I, I went for a bike ride with uh, with Chuck uh, around his area, and he he's like Bar- Barrington, and there were parts of Haddonfield <laughs> okay. that felt very very similar to where I grew up. Um, There's a town really? called Summit in North Jersey, and uh, that reminds me a lot of PA. Like the, some of the New York suburbs, the, some of the, the oranges in those mm-hmm. areas, yeah. those those remind me of like PA suburbs because they have like little neighborhoods and yeah, stuff yeah. That, like we do. That's I agree though. There's there's certain looks to Jersey and certain areas that I could identify immediately. I'm in New Jersey. Yeah, you know. And, but but um, and then you go to a place like my brother used to live in Red Bank. You know, and and you would. That's you, where uh, Kevin Smith's from, right? Yeah, you that, couldn't you couldn't tell. Yeah. you know where but, where am I? But Casey, you're talking about like you know having you like in the middle of a field and saying that, no, or, no, no, or in would, a town. I would have to be in a town. You okay, would have, obviously have to cover up the license plates on cars or whatever. But <laughs> well, let's put you in a field. Let's see if you can. <laughs> but Kath, I feel the same way about Delaware as well. I'm like, yeah, I'm definitely not. I'm definitely in Delaware right now. There's just a. If we were to put you a in a quarry, do you think you could tell? <laughs> Just by the stone deposits. Well, I think you could also do that at the shore. Like, dro- like if you dropped me off in any shore town, I could tell you which one I was in. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, well, we could try that too. And we also that wanted might to, be easier. We wanted to do this with Preston. With uh, we wanted to drop him off on a tee box in some golf course. Oh, was, yeah. And what's he? Tell and, you and he'd be able to tell you what course he was on. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, just by one quick look. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, maybe we'll we'll try we'll to try do that. Something lot, like lot of that. Traveling down the road. Uh, so, best state to live in, New Jersey, according to Wallet Hub. All right, let's see what else we can find. Let's walk down the aisle to another show. Sorry, I'm trying to turn that down, Mr. Announcer. It's okay. Um, let's see, I got a bunch of things here. How about, let's uh, let's do one uh, that we can chat with Kathy on. Uh, Kathy chat. Oh, hey. Scientists from the Green Science Policy Institute tested 231 cosmetic products from stores and brands across the United States and Canada and found some contained potentially toxic chemicals called PFAS. 
These chemicals break down slowly and therefore can build up in water and food, stay in our bodies, and cause health issues. And exposure to the two most well-studied PFASs uh, has been linked to increased risk of some cancers, low birth weight, and problems with the thyroid and immune system. Well, that's not good. The yeah, study... but this is like forever. This isn't new. It's been around forever. Yeah. You, you know that you take a risk when you're it, using cosmetics. Yeah, I mean, but there there are a lot of cosmetics that I don't know about the PFAS specifically, but, um, I mean, they've taken, like, cosmetics have taken out so many ingredients to try to help with this. Am I at risk for using lipsticks as push pops? You might be. Okay. Yeah. The study Definitely. found that more than three... It's so good. More than three quarters of waterproof mascaras, nearly two thirds of foundations and liquid lipsticks, and more than half of eye and lip products had high fluorine levels, suggesting the presence of PFS, BFS, PFAS. PFAS. Uh, <laughs> Excuse me, which cosmetics do you have that are low in PFAS? Uh, the team found nearly 90% of the products. Uh, with high fluorine levels, including 29 confirmed to contain PFAS. Do you have a way of putting Botox in my body without using needles? Uh, no, it's not what it is. It's the actual Botox in the body that scares me. Oh, the actual me. Botox. I mean, I don't me. like needles, but... Hmm, oh, so it. that's more the paranoia. It's not yeah. the needle part. Could you squirt it in my open mouth? Listen, the needle is certainly not helping the situation, but right. yes, it is also... There are layers of paranoia to Kathy. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Do you have any bovine virus you could pump into my skull? <laughs> I would like to have some poison injected into my face. Uh, since there's not much that people can do to avoid unlabeled PFAS, uh, the, the study authors are calling on the government to ban PFAS in makeup and other personal care products. We have talked about other issues concerning Preston, and this is obviously before the pandemic, but, um, you know, going in and, and these, these samples that they would have there that multiple people would be using and, and, um, you know, I don't think we're ever going to go back to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that doesn't bother you, though. See, I, I, I thought for sure this PFAS oh. stuff. Oh, no, but it, but that's what I'm saying to you is it, it's nothing new. Like, I think there's a whole um, – I don't know if it's, like, an actual law or what it is, but there's, like, a Clean Beauty Act that um, takes all of these ingredients out of products. So this seems like it's sort of – although it's new, it seems like it's sort of along those lines. Do you see yourself returning is. to a point where you're just rubbing berries on your face well, as I mean, rouge? Essentially, uh-huh. that is what – I'm yeah. doing like the so the stuff that I use has so I found out that a product that I used for so long was not uh, all that great and I was like so disappointed when I found out because I used it every single day and I'm like can you mention it without no, I don't want to no, say I don't want to say right. the name because ben, I don't, what do you mean by just, not so great uh, like just bad as, far as, the, as far as the ingredients go and what were in the ingredients of the the product I thought it was. Um, basically healthy for my skin and and not that it wasn't but there were some ingredients that probably shouldn't have been there i could find another product that didn't have it so what i'm using right now i'm basically rubbing like water on my face okay it has absolutely nothing in it okay so your skins never look better (laughs) kathy when it comes to your soaps and shampoos do you make sure that whatever you're using is paraben free well, that's like most stuff doesn't have parabens in it. That those have been taken out of the majority of healthcare products. What are parabens? They're no, like salmon. It was oh. a, it was along the lines of this. Okay. Um, I don't, oh, okay. Yeah, like it. They and and all of a lot of the cosmetic companies now will say paraben free right on the the label because they want everybody to know it's, it's not in there. Got it me. also becomes a trendy way to say to sell things, you know. Also, and when they extract something, yeah. they can say now mm-hmm. or they can but say that it's right. paraben free if it never even had, had parabens, parabens in the first it's place. Like, like you you yeah. see a bag of sugar, this, no salt. This apple is paraben <laughs> free. Right. But there's so much like like everybody sees that paraben free, but there's so much other 
stuff mm-hmm. in these products that you have to know about to know, you know, if they're the healthiest for your skin. It's such right. a it's such a massive industry, cosmetics. Yeah, that's why I got out of it. I couldn't handle it all. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, I bet. it's a lot of pressure. Okay, uh, let's stroll to another section of the store. Let's go to the uh, entertainment department. Net- that's where the DVDs are. <laughs> that's right. Uh, Netflix will launch an online store to sell limited edition edition apparel, lifestyle merchandise, and collectibles based on their popular shows like Stranger Things and Lupin. I think I'm this down is, with this. It's a great idea. I'm surprised they haven't already. I yeah, know. Right. Dumbasses. Netflix.shop will be available in the United States starting uh, today, actually, and expand to other countries in the coming months. So what show would you target? I mean, for me, Stranger Things would be an yeah, obvious. Yeah, that would, that would definitely be one of them yeah. if they could come up with some fun stuff, some out-of-the-ordinary things. Uh, what else do I watch? The Floor is Lava? Regularly on Netflix. That could be kind of fun, yeah. too. Um, Mindhunter t-shirts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Tiger King. You know, yeah. Yes. Like that, you could definitely get some uh, now official the- merch. This also gives marketing options. I mean, when you sign a deal with Netflix, then you could make a deal for your merch rights with Netflix directly. That's a good idea. The video streaming pioneer is facing a growing list of competitors offering their own streaming services with new movies and TV shows. And in April, Netflix fell short of Wall Street projections for the new subscribers. The online store offers a new source of revenue for Netflix and expands its product line beyond the items that it sells through partners such as Target and Walmart. So they already do some merch through those retailers. Merchandise in the online shop will be, quote, carefully selected, highly high quality apparel and lifestyle products, according to the company. Will it be paraben free? <laughs> Most likely. Right. Items debuting this month include streetwear and action figures based on anime series Yasuke and Eden, and apparel and de- decorative items inspired by French crime thriller Lupin. Uh, the Lupin products were developed with uh, the Louvre, by the way. Ooh. The museum, yes. Um, so I wonder how far short, just how far short Netflix fell. Because you do have these, I mean, Disney certainly put a dent in things. HBO Max has put a dent in things. Um, Amazon Prime, I mean, you have some strong contenders. But also then, uh, you also have a, a situation where so many people already just already had Netflix. Just by the simple math... Wouldn't your numbers start to dwindle after everyone has... Yeah, you can only get to so yeah, many right. people. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the future, the company plans to introduce products based on The Witcher and Stranger Things. The Witcher's a big series. And Netflix logo wear from uh, Japanese fashion house Beams. Uh, Netflix has also created video games based on shows uh, like La Casa de Papal, which is Money Heist. And uh, Stranger Things as well. So you'll be able to check this out starting today, Netflix.shop. When Stranger Things uh, coming on? I don't know. I haven't seen any official announcements. Is that October? Shouldn't the boys, the third season, doesn't that usually come out in the summer? Uh, Good question. Yeah. Don't know. There are a lot of shows I'm waiting for. Those two, uh, uh, Mrs. Maisel... Uh, waiting for the announcement and when that's going to begin. I think you kill momentum if you don't, you know, I mean, I know it's hard because they're producing basically movies. Right. But you want to keep some sort of consistency or else you kill the energy for a show. Well, the right. last Stranger Things season dropped like 4th of July weekend. Um, so that would so be exciting. Summer. Yeah. Um, 
but I, I for some reason I just the 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 month of October just sticks out in my mind. I don't and I don't know why. I think because, they moved it back actually, Case. Okay. Um, and uh, officially there is no uh, release date at this point. So a, few, a few months ago, I went back and watched the uh, interview we have with David Harbor here in our studio, and <laughs> I I'd asked him. I go I go. So what's the story, man? I mean, we had to wait like a year and a half, two years, however long it was, and he fired back in a very funny way yeah, yeah, about yeah. about how you got. You've got to be kidding me. He's like, uh-huh. you know, we're essentially making five mm. movies for you here, uh-huh. and that's not enough. And so it was it was pretty funny, and, yeah. and he's right. It's a lot of work to crank those shows out. It he's could so, be uh, 2022, actually. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> he's so good on that show. He's excellent. And he's got the, uh, the Black Widows coming out, too. Yes. Very interested to see that. All right, uh, let us stroll to another part of the store. We're let's headed go to the pornography section. Uh, no, we're not going to the pornography. We're going to the uh, we're going to the funeral section of the store. There's all kinds. Of- yeah, the, the general store has lots of things, but this is kind of fun, Kathy. It's A not fun real. Funeral? It's like the TARDIS and Doctor Who. It goes on forever. Well, uh, from the people behind. Uh, 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 I guess it's a, a service called Tinseltown Toast. Tinseltown Toast? A coll- but there's something else. A collective of award-winning Hollywood screenwriters who will script your big wedding moments. That's what Tinseltown Toasts are. Now arrives a new service that they're calling Phobituaries. <laughs> Or the gift they didn't know they were dying for. It actually is pretty funny. These are published obituaries that read like eulogies and feel like roasts, and they're for people who are actually still alive. Ah. Okay, so you can have this done by a group of writers. So you some comedy writers, right? Yes. So right. Uh, the man behind Phobituaries, Anonymous, is is anonymous, by the way. He's, uh, he's decided not in this particular interview he wants to remain uh, uh, under wraps. Yeah. Uh, the new service started when he pivoted from his usual workload during the last year. He said, through COVID-19, I've written a bunch of eulogies, which is emotionally taxing but rewarding, too, because a good eulogy is a celebration, more bon voyage than goodbye. Uh, but after his girlfriend turned 30, he had a new idea. He interviewed a half dozen of her good friends and wrote an obituary to her youth. He said, to say that it went over well... Uh, is the understatement of understatements. Uh, via his main haunt at Tinseltown Toast, and you can email that service to request those, uh, to, to request these uh, faux bits. Uh, he has now written living eulogies to someone's usefulness, which would be their retirement, uh, kissing ass for a promotion, or freedom on both the birth of a child and to commemorate a marriage, and many others for big name clients, including attorneys. Uh, finance folk, physicians, and executives in both technology and media. What's the going rate for these things? Very expensive. Uh-huh. Uh, so these fun odes are sourced with se- stories from coworkers, friends, and family. So they actually do investigation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they don't just write generic ones. And then the speeches are made to be framed and hung on the wall. All right. Uh, so the faux bits don't come cheap, as I said. A rough estimate for the service is... Two thousand dollars to start. Stop Listen, it. I'd do my, I'd write my own faux bit for yeah. someone, uh, which is more than uh, Tinseltown's other speeches, but does require several interviews and the work of a graphic designer. So it's not just it, there's there's a bit of presentation behind it. Uh, he said uh, these aren't just one-off speeches. He said I'm not calling this art by any means, but there is a permanence to them. Uh, they get framed, displayed, and taken out to be read aloud at dinner parties. So, how many have been sold so far? Are they they, is it it, a they didn't business? say, but enough. Right. Uh, you know, so he's um, 
Um, apparently, he said, uh, I, I certainly thought of the adventures of Tom Sawyer when they had to idea the I had the idea to write the first one. There's a scene where in the book where Tom and Huck are thought yes. dead, they die yeah. on a river or on a on a raft and and they're having a funeral for him right. and they show up while they're being eulogized. <laughs> Listening to their own stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, he said he thought of that. He said, But what uh, but I like to think that in the roasting we land somewhere between Twain's mischievous Sawyer and the sheer absurdity of Brick attending his own funeral in Anchorman Two. Ah. Uh, and I hope that in the overall takeaway, there's always a hint of waking Ned Divine. Uh, so they're obituaries, and if you really are interested in spending two grand for something like this, uh, do a search on um, Tinseltown Toasts, and you should be. It says a collective of award-winning Hollywood screenwriters. Okay. All right, but they're remaining anonymous, is what they're saying. They don't list your award-winning screenwriters. Right, but I think you can find that out just for the, in right. this particular interview. If you're going to pay two grand, you can find out who these people are, I would imagine. So Interesting. Yeah, so a little side action uh, for that person, and uh, an interesting little thing for Obituaries. you Yeah. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's uh, walk down the aisle that takes us into space, if you will. We're headed up, uh, we're headed to NASA. An ambitious project will send a tiny wooden satellite into orbit later this year to see if it can stand up to the brutal conditions of space. So, a wooden satellite. That is correct. This is the Amish division of NASA? No. The WISA Woodstat is a four-inch square satellite that's scheduled for a full launch on a rocket lab electron rocket in New Zealand. So, like, uh, obviously there's going to be radiation and other sources at work here. Mm-hmm. What do they expect to happen with this? Well, it's already survived a test run into the stratosphere. Uh, getting to orbit is only part of the adventure. Once it's there, the team will monitor the cube to see how its plywood build uh, stands up to cold, heat, radiation, and the vacuum of space. So if this proves durable, do you think we will see plywood spacesuits? Mm, I doubt that. <laughs> but maybe satellites of sorts. We'll have to see. Right. Uh, I, I know that... Uh, so that we could get Jeff Devlin to make us a satellite. I remember seeing in the past when they were um, uh, in the, the uh, forming years of the, of the space right. program in the United States... Uh, for reentry purposes, they had flirted with the idea of using a wooden heat shield. Yeah, let it would, burn up. That would burn off on the way out. Yeah. And it didn't quite work out, but that was initially what they were going to do. Then they tried s'mores. So there is a uh, there is a place for wood in the space program. You bet your ass there is. Uh, Woodsat is the brainchild of Jari McKinnon, uh, co-founder of CubeSat replica kit company, Arctic Astronauts. You were just mentioning him, Kathy. Uh, The European Space Agency is providing a suite of sensors to track the satellite's performance and will also help with pre-flight testing. Is this a problem, though, considering space termites? Um, The plywood satellites, only non-wood parts on the outside are aluminum rails needed to release the satellite into space and an extendable selfie stick (laughs) that will hold a camera pointed back at the body. Hey, let me ask you something. Do, Do... Do we revisit the notion of at least finally looking for completion on sending something into the outer edges of our atmosphere and 
No. No. It, it, do we just let the dream die? Yes. It, it just, we, Is that the, that's the spirit of the show, right? Yes. If at first you don't succeed, just pack it away. I, I hated it at the end. We I, tried with people who it was swore up and down that they oh, knew what they were doing. Engineers, yeah. top thinkers, yep. and then when you watched elementary schools pull it off seamlessly, <laughs> I mean, the reality you realized is. we were utter, staggering imbeciles. The last Vag launch that we did um, was on top of the Valley Forge Casino and Resort, yeah. you know, on that roof that they have there, and the, the taller building in that complex and uh <laughs> as soon as it left it started going down yeah, yeah. and i Come just on. was like i i, I give up i, I give up there is again yeah. like 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 not even very good students were able to send this stuff <laughs> we never had one successful vag launch i we, mean this we never started... had one not even when it flew into the uh, yeah, flight did. path that was pretty it ended up in new jersey one time yeah that was when it flew like yeah. across the airport that's closer that to space successful. than we ever got well that wasn't when we were trying to send anything to space that we no, were no. just we oh. were sending it out and people were trying to find oh, it oh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that was a good one yeah. that was actually yeah. a good one yeah. Yeah. it was the increasing the edge of space was <laughs> proved problematic <laughs> we're looking at a video now preston uh, yeah. What a Sending. nightmare. Yep. Uh, what a goddamn nightmare. You're right. I what mean, was I thinking? Te- technologically speaking, we did get better. Um, with the footage. With the sure, footage yeah. and all that. <laughs> and, and the GPS <laughs> tracking. And the tracking, yes. Right. So, Not the so, whole goal of the project. <laughs> it, 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 it'd be like the designer of the Titanic saying, we got better. We were able to track the sinking better. We were able to track it across the parking lot. <laughs> By the way, Wait, if you don't no, know, if you're, if you're newer to the show and you're not familiar with the Vag Project, we would take a blow-up sex doll, we would attach balloons to it, and then release it. And we were going to try to send one into space. And uh, <laughs> we're looking at the video now, and I, I remember, Nick, I remember you doing the live report going, and it seems like it's going down. <laughs> and it ended up in a parking lot, and it was just a horrible waste of time. So the first time we did it was, uh, actually, it's in an apartment building that's right next to the Comcast Towers. Yes. And that, that apartment building is still there. Is the, it? The and, silver it, something. Yeah. They're a bunch of old people. Well, so uh, Josh Landell's grandmother lived this in, in this apartment. <laughs> she was like... Like senile, yeah, had no idea that we were there doing this. Like, so launching Josh, a sex doll off her balcony. She had no clue. <laughs> she had no clue. Like, he basically snuck Wait, in. Did you say she was senile? Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> okay. Yeah. She was. Not, she was not the Sterling. Is the uh, name the Sterling of the building. is the building, not the uh, Sterling. Yeah. And she, uh, yeah, she didn't know what we were doing. And like, we're wow. doing science here, old woman. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well. Uh, we tried that, and now they're trying to make a plywood satellite. And they're going to succeed. They probably yeah. will succeed. A uh, Woodstat test model hitched a ride into the stratosphere on a weather balloon on June 12th. Uh, <laughs> that flight lasted just under three hours. The plywood came out just fine, and the camera worked as expected. I was tra- chasing this thing on the ground because we didn't have tracking or anything like that. And there's the the circle that's in front of uh, the cathedral. Yeah. I mean, I was running across that like uh, like I was in like a jewelry heist or something like that. Oh, I remember. And, and Bill would have a heart attack every time we did this because, I, I mean, I, well, that's right. We had Pierre launch a few, too. Yeah, we did a few from the city. Then we went out into the burbs. And, uh, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> We're done. Just We're done. We're done. It's been done. All right. One more thing uh, from the general store. Uh, a few odds and ends to uh, take a look. There's a this big morning. basket of crap over there. Let's see what's in it. All right. In it is uh, some information about 
Zillennials. Zillennials? Yeah. All right, what what constitutes a zillennial these days? I guess they're just the youngins. So uh, if you look at TikTok, Instagram, and YouTube, you'll find zillennials. Zillennials, Steve, actually are born between 1983 and 1988. Okay. Uh, Creating content, pining for eras gone by, but some eras they weren't even alive for. So what's the deal with this type of escapism? Well, psychologist Dr. Christine... Bacho says that uh, this is on par for the course for anyone transitioning from adolescent to a young adult. She you, explains. You, you pine for times before you existed. Correct. Huh. Research has shown that this age group is especially likely to feel nostalgic. For teens and young adults, uh, there is considerable, considerable conflict in abandoning childhood. Uh, she also says this is a time of identity exploration, and there's a tension between wanting to be like everyone else to be accepted and wanting to be different to be a unique independent person. So this is where the interest in past decades comes from and the internet gives them significantly more access to browse and cherry pick the trends and cultural movements that they connect with the most. I remember Steve when I was a kid, uh nationally there was a big um uh the 50s was yes. kind of romance. Oh yeah. yeah, because of Happy Days, Happy and Days Laverne and Shirley, all of that. American Graffiti. I remember we and American Graffiti probably kicked yeah. all that off. Yes. We had yeah, yet another one. Well, I remember our I was in I don't know, like 6th or 7th grade or whatever and we had a um uh, like a a, a a stage show that we did that was all 50s related. Yeah. At that time, that was the nostalgic era to look back exactly. at. Exactly. So now yeah. people are looking back to the 1980s yeah. and stuff like that. I remember when, because I'm a little bit older, I was nostalgic for the Bronze Age. Sure. And, and, and <laughs> it was just like, man, bronze, man. A lot of bad things happen. <laughs> my, da- my dad did say, though, that because he grew up in the 50s, he said it was awesome. He loved it. I mean, he was a, he was a child in, yeah. in the fifties, and he just absolutely loved growing up in that decade. And I feel the same way about the eighties. Like, I do too. Yeah, yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, I had so much fun. Uh, but we were kids. Yeah. So you know that's part of it. That's when you could dream about sending a sex doll into space. <laughs> uh, Doctor Bacho adds, uh, historical nostalgia is longing for the way things were in a prior time in history, even predating one's birth. This type of nostalgia is associated with a degree of dissatisfaction with current circumstances. There's, yeah, I, I, I get this, I, and I also yeah. understand picking moments of like pop culture. You know, you'll you'll find a lot of of, of people who are <laughs> very young these days who who are like Betty Page fans. Yeah, and you know these bizarre iconic things that predate them by decades right. that they, that you're able to find, latch on to, and embrace. So I was watching Stand By Me the other day. It is on Netflix. Um, and it's so, a, a so service. it's set in uh, 1959. And I just found it wild because of the, of the music at that time. Like, even the most badass people, right? Like Eyeball yeah. and uh, Ace and all these guys. They were listening to what we would consider today to be like kind of like soft bubblegum oh, music, you know? You, you want to see something funny, Steve. What's the movie that um, oh, uh, Marlon Brando was in early in his career? The Men on the Waterfront. He's, he's a motorcycle. The uh, Wild One. The Wild One. Yeah. And Casey, they show these scenes of these tough guys. He's yeah. real bad. Yeah. Asses. yeah. yeah. And they're wet, and they go in and they, they're dancing to this jitterbug <laughs> jazz music. Yeah. Uh-huh. Dance, and dance, at the dance. time. Yeah. It was these dudes are so tough. It was wild. <laughs> yeah. it, it was kind of living on the edge. Yeah, that's yeah. into this bebop music. Yeah. yeah, or like tough guys. Like at what night, are you, uh, Greasa? Yeah, they'd be hanging out on the corner singing doo wop together. Right. Yeah. yeah, and that was tough at the time. 
So, also, Zillennials are exploring uh, new territory in a way as their entire lives have been in digital, which creates stress from social and interpersonal changes, this psychologist said, oftentimes in the so-called public eye of social media. So, decade daydreaming, thinking a few decades back, even before you were born. That makes sense. common uh, to that generation. I could um, imagine being a kid, like, now, and, and, like, if you're so wrapped up in content creating that you're living your life... To provide content, you know what I'm saying. You're not right. you're not able to tear yourself away. You're always worrying about capturing something for your your streaming yep. or your your Twitch channel or whatever. Yeah. It's too much. It is. All right, we got to close up shop, gang, because uh, we got everything must go until we return again. Um, we will be back into the store sometime, but we do have a lot of stuff to get to. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. Don't forget that the I Believe for Presidency Blood Drive is tomorrow. Whoa! And your deadline to get signed up, if you would like to either go to uh, Oaks at the Expo Center uh, or the uh, Live Casino and Hotel, uh, then you need to sign up by noon today. Details at WMMR.com. We'll be back. Be file coming up next. Love Preston and Steve and WMMR? Check out WMMR.com for more of everything that rocks. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's IHateStevenSinger.com. The most hated jeweler in America makes it so easy to get engaged. Meet the beautiful, classy, and brilliant Krista. She's Stephen's most loved engagement ring and will dazzle. She takes the stress and guesswork out of finding the perfect ring. A bright white, high-quality, round, brilliant diamond in a classic solitaire setting. Meet Krista today, starting at under $700. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or at the other corner of 8th and Walnut by appointment only. Free shipping and interest-free financing. It's so easy. Steven Singer Jewelers. That's I hate stevensinger.com. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Can you say toasty sandwiches again for toasty me? Toasty sandwiches. Thank you very much, Kathy. Toasty I love sandwiches. I like the way she says that. Mm-hmm. Toasty. Uh, before we do the bizarre file, quick shout out, if you will, please. Got this email from Ethan Hansrote. Bless you. And says, uh, shout out. Can I get a shout out to my awesome dad, Roger Hansrote? Uh, this gray old man is turning 63 on June 17th. Thought he deserved a little extra love today. My dad has been incredibly, uh, an incredibly hardworking MICU nurse down at Jeff for the past 35 plus years. Wow. He's worked through the HIV AIDS epidemic, Ebola outbreak, and COVID crisis, never losing his passion or drive to help other people. Uh, he is a funny, easygoing guy, loves traveling, uh, getting to know anybody that crosses his path. His hard work and dedication have inspired me to follow in his footsteps as I now work on a neurology unit at Jeff as an RN. Uh, he's a longtime daily listener who regularly attends and participates in the MMRBQ and the Camp Out for Hunger. Wanted to see if yous would be able to send a wet, happy birthday shout out to Raj. He Raj. says, love you, Dad, and appreciate everything you've done uh, for Mom, Alex, Adam, Gogi, and me. Gogi! Happy birthday, Pops. And he says, thank you guys for spreading peace, love, and hope during these challenging times. Uh, 
for a lot of people from the nursing community. Thank you. So here's a shout out to Pops. And uh, happy birthday to you, sir. All right. We should do the Bizarre File, and we're going to do it now. Now, bizarre. WMMR presents bizarre. Kristen and Steve's Bizarre, bizarre File. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. You can download the DraftKings app and use the code ROCK to get in on the action. We're going to start with a doozy. It's messed up. I'll tell you that right off the bat here. Oh, boy. A Spanish man was sentenced Tuesday to 15 years in prison after killing and eating his 68-year-old mother. Oh, what? In, oh, in 2019. I can't believe he only got 15 years, to be honest. Wait and finish her. Uh, police had arrested Alberto Sanchez Gomez after they found body parts, some in plastic containers. Mom, in, I just want to eat you up. In the fridge and in drawers uh, around the family's home. Jeez. Maria Soledad Gomez's head, hands, and heart were allegedly found on her bed. Oh, my God. Well, the rest of her body was cut into around 1,000 pieces, the police said. Maybe he only got 15 because of insanity. Yeah, maybe. They went... To, no, you think he was insane? To the house after a friend reportedly called police... <laughs> Who were concerned about Maria. And during the two-week trial, Gomez claimed that he had suffered from a psychotic episode. Uh-huh. He told the court he had heard hidden messages on TV that told him to kill his mother. He claimed he did not remember cutting up or eating his mother, but a police officer testified that during transport to the station, Gomez told the officers that he had strangled his mother from behind. Jeez. Uh, according to the officer, uh, he had also eaten some parts of her body, some cooked and some raw, and had given some pieces to the dog as well. To the Uh, The court rejected Gomez's arguments, ultimately sentencing him to 15 years and five months for his crimes. Well, that's a level of hell we can't even comprehend. No, no, not at all. All right, little tamer. Uh, Two former Royal Marines have been jailed for smuggling cocaine into the U.K. in boxes of Legos after one of them was accidentally given to a child for his birthday. Hey, how much do Coke Legos go for? The kilo of cocaine inside the gift was among uh, 18 kilograms that Jack Jones and Isaac Rasmussen had bought illegally into the country from the Netherlands. Mm. One had been delivered to Rasmussen's um, home in Merseyside, but he was out, so it was left with a neighbor. She unsuccessfully tried to return it over several weeks until... She was asked by her son's girlfriend for birthday present ideas Uh-oh. for her young son and gave her the box, which had an image of a Lego fire engine on the front. I bet you could make more smuggling Legos than cocaine. However, when the friend opened up the gift-wrapped present on her son's birthday, she discovered a solid white block of cocaine inside. Jeez. Uh, Jones was jailed for 16 and a half years on Tuesday. That dude got more than the woman, uh. the guy who cut up and ate <laughs> his own mother. Had 16 and a half years. The other guy got 15 and a half. We're talking about Legos. Wow. Uh, and uh, Rasmussen uh, was sentenced to 10 years in jail. Wow. There's a documentary called uh, White Boy Rick on Netflix about this kid who was a uh, he was a cocaine dealer. And he had done more time in jail than an admitted murderer. Crazy, crazy documentary. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's weird how these, mm-hmm. like, they'll, like, they nail you for check forgery. There are mm-hmm. people who do incredible amounts of time, mm-hmm. much more time than murderers. Greenpeace has apologized for the injuries caused by a protester whose parachute landing did not go as planned before Germany's game against France at the European Championship. Uh, UEFA said several people were treated in the hospital after the man connected with overhead camera wires and caused debris to fall onto the pitch and main grandstand. The Greenpeace spokesperson, Benjamin Steffen, said that was never our intention. The paraglider was to fly over the stadium and drop a latex ball with a message of protest onto the field. (laughs) 
The protesters' parachute had the slogan, Kick Out Oil and Greenpeace on it. Uh, Stefan said technical difficulties meant the pilot was forced to land in the stadium. (laughs) He said, we deeply regret that this put people in danger and apparently injured two persons. Uh, The protester landed heavily on the pitch and was given medical attention before being escorted away by security. Uh, UEFA called the action reckless and dangerous and said law authorities will take the necessary action. Uh, France's head coach was seen ducking out of the way of a large piece of equipment near the dugout when it happened. Yeah, the footage, in the footage, you can see the guy is really hurt when he hits the ground. Yeah. A family had an almighty shock when their pet cat miraculously returned to their home after they believed he had been cremated. Frankie, a 16-year-old cat, didn't come home in the evening of May 19th, and after a few days, his family became worried. They searched all over the area for him and even had the help of lots of residents. After driving back onto the motorway, Frankie's owner, Rachel Fitzsimmons, believed that she spotted a dead cat on the shoulder. Rachel and her husband, John, got as close as they could to the cat but couldn't tell if it was him. They tried to take a picture to zoom in, but the cat had been too badly injured uh, to allow it to be identified. Rachel said the markings matched Frankie, and we lived close to the motorway, so we were sure that it was him. Uh, she called the highways agency, and after the weekend, workers went out to check on the, check the dead animal. They retrieved the dead animal and said it was a fluffy tabby cat with white markings, which matched Frankie's description. So the highway agency took the cat to the compound, uh, but staff were unable to scan his chip. After collecting the cat, the heartbroken family had the feline cremated. It was the wrong cat. Rachel's seven-year-old son put the ashes by his bed as he usually slept with Frankie Aww. on his bed every night. Uh, but a few mornings later, John came running back to the door as he thought he heard Frankie, and there he was. Thought you got rid of me, didn't you? <laughs> Rachel said he was uh, bedraggled and very thin, meowing to come in as if nothing had happened. Then who was the other cat? She said, we are all cried and we we're in shock. He's so lucky, and we would like to know whose pet we have cremated. So, <laughs> wow. They don't know. He's a cat. Yep. <laughs> That's all you need to know. He is a he cat. He is a cat. Yes, he is. All right, and then finally, a North Troy, Vermont man <laughs> was injured in an explosion Tuesday afternoon after police say he was making homemade fireworks. It happened uh, near a high school as well. Uh, police say Wayne LePage, 40 years old, mind you, was making homemade fireworks in a camper behind his home when the explosion happened. Why don't we take a break? Uh, <laughs> Smoke them if you got them. Police say LePage had burns on his uh, upper body and he was rushed to the hospital by a family member. Why don't we take a five-minute break? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why don't we take a five-minute break? His condition was not available. No one else was injured. Nearby residents were evacuated, and the street was blocked off. Uh, The school also went into lockdown. The Vermont State Police Bomb Squad was called in along with members of the ATF and FBI. And that is what I have in the Bizarre File for you. All right, let's take a five-minute break and uh, come back in just a moment. And uh, we're going to have Joe Holden from CBS3. He's a really cool unsolved uh, case uh, series that they have. Yeah, I love this stuff, and it's he does a great job. The CBS3 Mysteries, and uh, we'll talk to him about that, and then we have uh, more guests on the way. We'll take a break and be back in just a moment. Stay there. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You, 
help you line. Hi, WMMR fans. This is Sue calling from Vulcan Spring and Manufacturing Company located in beautiful Bucks County, PA, and we have a position for you. We are a well-established manufacturing company looking to fill several production positions at our Telford location. We offer a great benefits package, including 401k match and profit sharing plan. We have a great team here, and we are looking to expand and add individuals who are dependable, self-motivated, and want to be a part of something meaningful. Check out our website at VulcanSpring.com. We'd love to hear from you. Next message. Hey, MMR listeners. This is Mike from Holland Glass and Door. We are a family-owned business that offers commercial glass and door repair, along with new commercial doors and storefronts. If you need service for your business, give us a call at 215-396-8566 or at hollandglassco.com. Thank you and have a great day. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Uh, CBS 3 Mysteries. Yes. Catch those Thursdays night, Thursday nights at 11 o'clock. If you have not seen it yet, uh, they are cold cases and notorious cases uh, in and around our area. Boy in the Box is one that they've uh, looked at. Yeah. Uh, Mike ha- uh, Mark Heimbog and the uh, Ryan Ferris, to name a few of these. And uh, tonight they're going to dive into another one. And we would like to welcome to the program this morning from CBS3, Mr. Joe Holden. Hey! Hey, wow. Joe. How you doing, wow. man? Gadzooks, guys. Gadzooks, dude. We're looking at you via Zoom. It's a beautiful morning. You're outside somewhere. In Havertown. In Havertown. Are we watching you on your ring doorbell? Because that's what it looks like. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> this is my this is my iPhone six that I've uh, been using for a few years. Wow. Okay. All right. You don't want right. to progress too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so Joe, the uh, the CBS three mysteries series. Um, I, I love stuff like this, Steve. We we all love stuff like it's this. It's so compelling. Cold cases are are pretty wild to to go back and and take a look at and. You as a uh, as a person who's doing the research and, and putting the uh, the show together and reporting, are you kind of hoping that that maybe you can find uh, that little piece of evidence and maybe be part of breaking these cases? I told police to use us. I, I, that is my pitch to whoever we're working with, whether it's uh, Cape May County. We were, we were talking with uh, Mark Heimbaugh's mother. I remember seeing his face when I was 11 years old. They were looking for him. There was a, wild, a brush fire in the woods across the street from his house. And then he just never came home. And, and, and days, weeks, months, years. And it was such an honor it's as, as sort of strange as it sounds to stand in her kitchen and talk to her about the disappearance of her son now going on 30 years. Wow. So I would love to hear that our contributions helped find Mark Heimball. And yet there's a mom who's ready to go to her grave thinking she'll never see her son or know what happened to him again. The one cool, really cool thing that happened a few weeks ago on a case in Delaware County, and I don't want to jeopardize the investigation, but following our report on a Thursday night at 11, police got a tip that sort of steered their investigation in a new direction, and that was on a th- also a 30-year-old cold case. Wow. So I'm, I'm, I was blown away by that. Well, that's – and I mean, that's, that's something that – so listen, uh, these – when you're talking decades and you're saying – 
you're looking to provide a you want justice and you want closure and you know to to just for these families that you talk about but also we have there's so much that stinks about social media and about you know and all this mesh of stuff and the constant yapping but here's something we're applying to what you guys do and getting the word out and spreading the message we're now in a in a, in a point in time where you might just find that one person who might just say, I remember this. Oh, yeah. And spark a possible resolution that could bring so much closure uh, into these things. And and then, uh, you know, there's and there's so many we think, oh, well, most everything gets solved. That's not the case. We are so busy with, I mean, we do three minutes of weather. We do sports. Oh, my God, the Sixers last night. Yeah. Yet- <laughs> Why not try to do something that has has been kind of timeless and age old where people have a genuine interest in wanting to know what happened to uh, the boy in the box? Who is that boy in the box in Philly? They are so close and we are so just uh, on the sidelines watching these homicide investigators who will not give up. And I we my executive producer of mine and, and I thought, you know what? We have the sources. We have the contacts. Let's do this. Let's let's be an agent of 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 help. Let's try to get this done. Let's 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 just get find some answers. Well, Joe, and it's been it's. Well, I was going to say, tell us a little bit about the uh, the the case that's uh, on tonight. Uh, Tyra Waiters. You'll have to bring me up to speed on the details on that case. Yeah. Well, so Tyra Waiters. We we talked about Tyra a few weeks ago. Tonight, it's it's a woman named Joy Hibbs. Oh, okay. Thirty five years old. From Bristol, she is to the bank on a Friday in April 1991. She goes to the grocery store. I mean, she cashes her check. So what's the time period we're talking about? Right. She comes, she comes home and something happens. But her son later comes home from school, finds the house on fire. She dies in the fire. And a few days later, it was determined that she was strangled and stabbed. Mm. And it is a case that has gone without a resolution for 30 years this wow. past April. Her husband, who these days lives in Washington, ruled out as a suspect. He was at work at the time. He has recently been able to put up a $25,000 reward leading to valuable information to help find his wife's killer. So this is another family that has had one foot in this terrible situation while trying to move on with their lives. But you and can't. They have, they can't, and they have the courage, though, to tell us about it one more time. Do you know how many reporters they've talked to yeah. over the years? But, yep, here's this guy from Delaware County named Joe Holden who just wants to ask you one more time to relive it. Because we think in talking to enough detectives and experts that there is something about maybe a stage of grief or a stage of guilt mm. or a 12-step process where somebody who knows something or had a hand in this to some degree may have a change of heart, and this may be the time for them to come forward well, and talk. Well, what's happened is, and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of a weird dynamic because I'm, I'm fascinated. There are whole channels that are involved with investigations like this and, and things of this nature, and, and you guys do it, and, you know, what you do is you're, you're, you're very um, committed to this. And so there is sort of a, a citizen detective phenomenon that's uh, occurring these days where people like will just randomly review cases and see if they can add anything to it. And sometimes they cloudy things up, but sometimes they get results. 
So I, uh, I know that's your, your goal as well. So, um, I'm always fascinated by that, that one detective who investigated the case at the beginning, who it becomes something that, you know, they, they're personally touched by the family and, and they, they stay with it. These unsung heroes who are just relentless over so much time because they refuse to let it go. I'm sure you encounter that often, Joe. Yeah, I mean, you sit on the side of a table where a guy from, like, Philly Homicide, who's just in a tornado of cases, they just don't stop coming. In fact, they actually refer to their recent homicides as, quote, live cases. Yeah, A guy like this has a box or a file cabinet of these cases. It's only this guy that's keeping them in, in, in life, alive. Yeah. And you want to, like, reach over and, like, like kind of like touch and be like, man, are, are you okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How, how do you carry on too? Because it's only by you that these cases even continue to see the light of day. Because in a lot of respects, like the boy in the box, they still don't even know who he is. So there is no family. Right. Yeah. yeah. So right. And that's, it's police. Yeah. That's, that's a complexity on that case. You don't even know the victim. They, they, and you have to start with that. But these other cases, like the one tonight, Joe, I mean, we're seeing. Uh, more and more stories pop up where uh, genealogy websites like 23andMe are leading to convictions. There's a DNA chain that they can follow, and right. they, they track down the family members and the likelihood, and then they can zero in on um, on these people, these potential suspects, and then sometimes they confess when they get them in. Um, what about uh, tonight? Was there? No, you said there was a fire. So any DNA evidence from this particular case they were able to collect? Yeah, and that's what set. That is what set. Uh, investigators back so far on this is that the fire really destroyed everything. Uh, The remains were almost beyond recognition. And so the crime scene was of little help to the police. In fact, Matt Weintraub, who's the Bucks County District Attorney, told me what is normally a rich field of evidence was of no use. So now they just they hook their investigation on statements of people and corroboration and you talked about genealogical connections and stuff. What is really neat about some of these cases is when they've either exhumed or have re-exhumed the remains, they will, because they run out of DNA with what they had available, right. because they've sent fragments to so many labs. But with grants, Philly PD uh, got a, the femur from the boy in the box, sent it to a lab in Germany. And that has since helped them develop not only a DNA profile, but then they're starting to use the genealogical connections to make a run at who is this kid who was six. So, so at Joe, the time he died. Is, is of all the cases, and there's so many. Uh, what would what would you consider, or have you even thought about this? What is the most elusive, most prominent? unsolved case in this area what is what is the one that if you ask most detectives most investigators what do they point to i would say mark heimbaugh he is the kid who just walked away from his house uh in 1991 and never seen or heard from again there were some people that they liked in the orbit of his life back then they've either been ruled out or there's not enough evidence to bring them in and and bring charges but i'm telling you the kid who had the kind of red blondish hair, yeah. who has forever lived in, in in that moment of disappearance, in the sort of the turbulence of a wildfire burning across the street from his house. So police had diverted traffic, so there was extra traffic in the area. But if you know the villas in Cape May County, 
if you don't have a reason to be down there in the middle of like November, Mm -hmm. you're not down there. Mm -hmm. And so his disappearance really is sort of haunting. Even for me, I have no connection other than the storyteller. But yet I grew up in here in Upper Darby and I remember seeing it on the news for days. Mark Heimball. In a, in a way, when these things pop up, they, they, you almost feel an onus on you, and uh, I'm, I'm certainly going to be watching, you know, because, listen, if there's anything or in any way someone who thinks they might have been in an area or in any way has anything that's tangential information-wise, it's sort of incumbent upon us to sort of try to help because, yeah, these people are frozen in time and they're, and they're lost and their stories left untold and finished. And, and for families, again, that sense of closure is so important. Yeah, in 1998, there was a fire in Aston that claimed the life of a boy named Ryan Ferris, 14-year-old from uh, St. Francis de Sales in Lenai. The house is right across the street from the parish and the school over in Aston Township. And someone set the fire. And police think that killer is still in that area. Uh-huh. The amount of calls they received after the report, they said, was staggering because a lot of these cases, they, they're, they're close, but not enough. And so if we can be the vehicle by which we can get them closer, then, you know, a job job done. Yeah. Job well yeah. Done. And, and, and you guys highlighting these has to be a, a boost as well as I said, Steve, you know, as you said, Steve, with the, with social media and the reach and everything now, because the uh, police resources, I mean, they have uh, more current things, obviously, that they need to focus on as well. Yet these cases are never closed because there's no definitive answer has been given. So they do have to give it some attention, but they can't give it all the attention, right. you know what I mean? So I would imagine reaching out to the public uh, might be that very thing that needs to be done to uh, to put some fi- finality to it. Yeah, there's some prosecutors who jumped on so fast. It was really encouraging for us because we're thinking, all right, it's just part of this is always wanting to think the police are going to have time to field all these additional calls. Mm. But like Delaware County, Jack Stolsteimer, the district attorney, he was all in. Matt Weintraub, I've already mentioned him, Bucks County, all in. Cape May County, Camden, Gloucester, Philly, everybody that I've mentioned, they're all in. Some are like, yeah, we just, we don't have the time. And I respect that. Maybe they'll reconsider or maybe they'll find the time, but we're here when they're ready. Well, they're, they're, they're doing amazing work. I wanted to ask you on another note. Do you have any inclination as to whether or not the police will be investigating the Sixers game last night? As yeah. a <laughs> scene? Yeah. Well, they better start with where the rest of the team was for the second half. Oh my God. It's a missing persons uh, case. <laughs> All I'll say, guys, is that I was my, I had a 14-year-old slamming doors here last night. Yeah. He said, the Sixers are dominating. They're up 26 points. And oh, then no. the, the pictures are falling off the walls. <laughs> I was so That's disturbed terrible. by what I saw. I had to put a distracting video up. There's a raging debate about how you say pierogi in Strand, and a news station covered it. I'm like, let's get that out there because I'm so bent on the Sixers. <laughs> Wait, what's the, real quick, pierogi? what's the debate over the pierogi? Oh, you got to go to my page and watch <laughs> right. it. It's insane. Yeah. It's ins- it really is. And, and you know what? When I worked in Scranton, this debate was going on there <laughs> 10 years ago, and I cannot believe they are still talking about how to pronounce pierogi. 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 Yeah. Is it? Do some people use a soft G? Do they say pierogi? No, they don't. They, it's like pierogi. Pierogi. Oh, pierogi. Oh, all right. Pierogi. Oh, yeah. okay. yeah. oh, knock it off. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, the game. 
the game was that bad, I dug up a story from <laughs> a day ago yeah. from Scranton and put it on my page. Well, Kathy's husband calls uh, Gnocchi Genichetti. Yeah. So, everybody's got their own little... Nazi? Nachi. By the way, uh, so listen, Joe, how many cases do you have lined up? Is this going to be a continuing series, or do you have a a finite number of cases that you've zeroed in on, and then it's going to wrap? No, infinite. We are basically a a producer, an executive producer, myself, are are headhunting and looking and trying to find if something comes up, someone reaches out, we take our resources and we go right into it. Um, like I said, at the very top, we want police to use us. Maybe we can be the reason that they can put a period at the end of a very lengthy sentence. Okay, excellent. By the way, we got an email uh, from uh, your neighbor, Christopher, Christopher Garvey. He said, can you please ask Joe to cut his grass? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Seriously. <laughs> wait, no, wait, wait, wait. This is the six degrees of separation. And Steve, the guy who fixes your snowblower at Stanley's wanted me to tell you hello. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> Ernie. Ernie says hello. Oh, Joe, nice. we're getting a lot of texts from listeners who are really, uh, I'm, not, I'm not kidding, not exaggerating, enjoying the bird sounds in the background. I think I maybe know, it's, like it's kind of soothing. Yeah, I, I think maybe it's a robin, but I can't quite tell. But it, it actually it's, sounds pretty it, nice. Uh, it's. It's, it's Nick, it's because the grass isn't cut. Yes. <laughs> well, in another six degrees of separation, uh, I posted a photo of a truck that had an obscene sticker on the back of it the other day. Oh. And those people were staying at Joe's family's house. <laughs> oh, my God. Are you serious? Yes. Yeah, I don't know who this Wait. guy is. Are you really? I swear what? to God. What? No, wait a minute. I yeah. have very limited contact at times with my family down there. I'm not sure what was going on, but he may be liked for some crimes. We may be on him for something yeah. else. Yeah. But to, uh, uh, Casey, the last text I got from one of my cousins was that uh, they were up on the ledge of the Shamrock Bar, which recently closed and had, I guess, an auction of some sort. They bought the shamrock off the front of the shamrock bar, and now this thing sits in the front of your neighbor's property down in Wildwood. <laughs> no, Price. really? Is that true? All right. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that good. over an I eat ass sticker on somebody's car. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very true story. <laughs> wow. We're best to investigate that guy next. Yeah. Literally what it says. Keep an eye on him. <laughs> yeah. All right, CBS Three Mysteries. You'll catch Thursday nights at 11 p.m. Joe, thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Good luck with everything. It has been an honor. Like that scene in uh, Danny Bros- uh, Donnie Brasco where Al Pacino says, "It's been like an honor of my life to the mafia boss." <laughs> uh, it's one of those moments. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, my pleasure, Joe Holden. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. So, wait a minute. Have you seen this shamrock that he's talking about? No, I have not seen this yet. Is it huge? I don't know. Okay. I have no idea. I don't know right. when it's going to be. Uh, I don't know if it's been. Well, here. We have the pierogi. Okay. Uh, All right. So, uh, Marissa found this. Here we go. All you have to do is say, Pia. 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 Pierogi. Pia. 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 Pierogi. 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 Pierog
Uh, yeah. Isn't it? Or yeah, well, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. it's, it's from that, but um, yeah, I don't know what. By the way, I have children captive in my basement. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pierogi, and that is the proper pronunciation. That is the proper <laughs> pronunciation. Are you, you sure, I've never had a pierogi. Was he, was he, that is I he the anchor in Scranton? Yeah. I don't know. He's a caller into the, to oh, the show. Yeah. He sounds like the, uh, you remember that, uh, uh, the Olsen twins, uh, pizza party video that they slowed down? Oh, yeah. Pizza party. <laughs> I like pizza with lots of cheese. Yeah. 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 Pierogi. Pierogi. And that is the proper pronunciation. And tonight's news we discuss pierogi Pierogi. Now over the stew with the weather. Also, for somebody who loves food as much as you do, Casey, I, I heard you. Yeah. You, don't, you. you haven't had a pierogi that you like? That I love. What's wrong with you? I, no, well, I don't know. They're just... I just think they were okay foods. Oh, God. Yeah. You're an okay person. Yeah, you're an okay person. Do you love uh, pierogies? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't eat them that much, but, like, how could you not like it? How do you yeah. uh, How do you eat them when you do? Do you, do you stir fry them? Usually you... with my mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nick, do you, think, yeah, yeah, Nick you do you think that I stir fry anything? I don't know. Oh. I eat them at someone's house who makes them, ah, and they're so good. I bet she's not eating pierogies. Take out. I like, uh, I like putting them on the think there's something else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's uh, that's spaghetti. Um, yeah, they're, they're they're chocolate cookies with white cream in the middle. No, I like them uh, like uh, you know on the grill with um, uh, you know peppers and onions and you know stir on it the that grill. Way. Well, like uh, on you the grill. Like it on oh. the grill with peppers and onions. Griddle. Um, <laughs> yeah. Eating on the griddle. <laughs> it's the hot food for Kathy Romano. And there's, there's that place called Chews, right? Is that what it's called in uh, Northeast Philly? Uh, they, I think they dropped them off for us a long time ago, and they're, yeah. they're, they're known for them in the area. And they, I like pierogies. I can't help but think of them as, uh, though, mashed potato ravioli. Yeah. That's yeah. What yeah. They that are. is what it is. There's yeah. a very good, there's a pierogi place on Henry Avenue that's really good, um, and it's just this bizarre side little... Uh, you know, you would you drive right past it, but it's a little like pierogi hut. That's really pierogies are they think? That's it, pierogies. Right. Yeah, pierogi hut. They are pretty damn good. We're looking at a picture of them right now. They're but, very tasteful. But side by side, if I had pierogies or genichetti, I'd go with the genichetti. Hmm. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Okay. 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 You say Oh, it's uh, Marissa just brought it in. It's the pierogi kitchen. It's the pierogi kitchen. Yeah. Apropos name. All right. Uh, anyway, we should take a break because we have another guest that's coming up. Maybe he likes pierogies, too. We'll find <laughs> out. Uh, his name is Brett Taroon, and uh, he's going to be performing at Punchline uh, tonight and through the weekend. So we'll take a break, come back, talk with him, amongst other things. We'll be right back. Every revolution, revolution. has its roots. Weekdays at 4 p.m. Join Jackson as your guide to MMR's Essential 200. A daily look at the songs that influenced, elevated, or flat-out changed what we call rock and roll. These are the big ones and the not-so-obvious ones that every rock fan should know. See the entire list on WMMR.com, along with insightful commentary on why they matter. MMR's Essential 200 with Jackson. Weekdays at 4, all month long. 93.3 WMMR, the station that's played everything that rocks Philly since day one.
So next guest is going to be at uh, Punchline tonight, tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, and he's also the newest contributor on The Daily Show with Trevor mm-hmm. Noah, or he will be. That's pretty cool. And has accumulated over more than 65 million views across his social media channels. Wow. Please welcome Brent Terhune Yay! to the show this oh, morning. Hello, hey, everybody. Hey, Brent. How you doing, man? Good. Thanks for having me. No problem. So we're we're uh, connecting with Brent via Zoom, and Brent is currently in a car as we speak. <laughs> I think this is the first interview we've wow. done with someone in a car via Zoom, uh, and that's because yeah, I, you're you're hitting the road. You're you're doing shows, and you are driving yourself to these shows. I'm driving. You know, so I I didn't get a big head when I I, I booked Philadelphia. A lot of people get a you know a. a a chauffeur to drive them into town, but I'm not that. Actually, I feel like one of those pro wrestlers that's billed as parts unknown because I don't even know where I <laughs> right. am. Right, so you're 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 Mickey Rourke and the wrestler, and you're you're driving from town to town, and uh, and that's right. Performance enhancing and drugs, the whole thing. Uh, well, where, where, where you what do you where do you call home? Is it still Indianapolis, or where 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 are you living these days? Yeah, I'm from Indianapolis. I was in Columbus, Ohio last night. And then uh, I got stuck on the highway for four hours. Uh, oh some somebody wrecked, or I don't even. That's the thing is, I was stuck for four hours, and I don't even know what happened. <laughs> was it, was it uh, they, Pen- Pennsylvania Turnpike? I'm gonna guess that you were on. No, it, it was even earlier than that. It was like again, I don't. I am so bad at directions. I was like, I guess we're stopped here for the night and uh, you know it was like oregon trail that started moving hey, you I know like, what i gotta make these yeah brent i was on the atlantic city expressway last weekend and i came upon uh the traffic completely stopped and i at first i was angry but i was close enough to the start of the stop to where i could see what was going on and i was like at least i know what's happening yeah. at least i have something to look at while i'm here but that when you when you when you have no clue of why you're stopping is just a nightmare. No, and I was like, well, I guess we're all in this together. And I was like looking at everybody. Nobody even looked at me. So I, I don't think we were in it together at all. <laughs> Brent, I think it. And then listen, I, I did my share years ago. I did I did uh, um, stand up well before GPS, and I was using Hagstrom maps and all that stuff. And when you get stuck in traffic jams. Like that, I always felt it was incumbent upon the highway uh, department or somebody to provide some sort of signage that would tell you what happened, just so that you knew, because it is the most frustrating. You're you're almost locked in time in a wormhole, and it's just the worst, the worst place. How is your driving game? How is your by-yourself-on-the-road game? Do you handle it well, or do you have issues? Oh, I'm good. I I don't think I caused that thing yesterday. Uh, (laughs) I can say that much. That's good. But, yeah. I'm good. I'm a, I'm a podcast type guy, so I'll. I, I was listening to uh, some true crime podcasts, so I've listened to plenty of murder <laughs> of, overnight. That always makes you feel good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Do you hate to say? Because I I love. So I got Discovery Plus, and they have. And I, I was I was furious about paying for another streaming service, but they've got mm-hmm. all the murder procedural shows that I love, and all of that like Keith Morrison stuff, and all that all those. It doesn't matter if it begins, you know, with a trailer park and a blood stain. I'm in. Uh, so is that is that your thing as well? Yeah, well, I started watching one, uh, true crime one that everyone starts in the swamp, and uh, <laughs> that's and great. It, that's some of it's a stretch, like oh, the body's in a puddle, 
this is a swamp, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's going to be a lot of that. So is there yeah. any particular case that stands out to you? Because I think it's weird. Robert Klein years ago used to do a bit about kids discussing what their favorite war was. But do, do you have a do you have a favorite um, a favorite murder or or you know because you, you you have to admit it sometimes you do have favorites. You're not supposed to, but what case or what murder do you find most fascinating? All the ones that involve uh, ghosts. I love those where it's like it could be this is completely made up. I am there for half made up true crime stuff. Yes. I love any any kind of ghost thing where they're like, oh, it got cold in here all of a sudden. I'm like, I, I want that in my house mid-July. That's what I want. I can see that. So Preston was mentioning your, your, uh, the Daily Show and being a contributor to that. That is a big, uh, a big get that has to be, especially with what you've been doing and, and at your, you know, you, you do, um, you know, a, a fair amount of uh, politically based and, and, and uh, news based stuff. Um, this had to be the uh, the brass ring for you. So how did you find out? When did they let you know? Yeah, uh, it was uh, in October. So it's been such a, a long time and it was a, a culmination of a lot of work. Uh, and it was so cool to just be recognized for, you know, I was making videos in my car right now. Like I'm talking to you guys. I'm back doing the same thing <laughs> with you. <laughs> And so, well, uh, but with the, with everything on, and obviously you didn't get the hey, fly out, we'll have, we'll go out to dinner, and so on and so forth, because it's everything was in sort of lockdown. So um, mm-hmm. it was bereft of that. But did you um, w- w- you got a call? Did you talk to to Trevor himself, or who 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 have you been communicating with? Yeah, it was producers at first, and I talked to Trevor, and and lit, we recorded. It was I, I do a lot of them in my car because it's politically uh satire and it's it's the character that i do is based on everybody that's ever ranted in their truck right right, it was like let's make it as real as possible so it was literally in my driveway in my car now but the the car's so close to the house so the wi-fi would work (laughs) i don't know if you guys have ever like i gotta get the wi-fi to work in my car but right next to my house that's how it was so all the all the things yeah and there there are so many of them and you you've sort of i was reading about you an article in newsweek and and, uh that you you have to walk that fine line because satire at the level of dryness that you do it even though it seems over the top there are so many that you see on like tiktok and all this stuff and you you have to sort of explain no, 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 this is a parody. <laughs> this is, you know, mm-hmm. some people think you're, you are an actual, uh, the actual character. So now it seems that a lot of people are getting it. Yeah, and it's it's so weird. It was never my intention to, quote, uh, fool you. But it was also <laughs> like, I'm in my backyard uh, burning Nikes while wearing Nikes <laughs> at the same time. Right, right, right. That kind of, yeah, it's like, never. I never said, hey, look at these Nikes. But if you look down you're like oh he's wearing the same shoes he's burning at the same time <laughs> right it's a little seems a little uh, against purposes so yeah, uh, yeah. Preston was talking about this the, the hits and the the exposure on on your videos um and, and so is that how i assume that's how and you obviously you've been working as a stand up um you know when, once you start working for uh the daily show which is a uh, to me it's just as, as, as a material you know burner it, are you going to have to cut back on your road stuff i assume right uh, it's it's one of those words like I, I don't I don't I don't even have to be there and I don't have to uh, uh, yeah a lot of the stuff I I'm doing is very topical evergreen so if you come see my standup I have you know an act that I was working on before pandemic and then post pandemic I've written so much stuff 
and that's more you know family based and i'm starting to incorporate that character into my act a little bit because i'm not i'm uh, i'm very aware of why somebody would know uh who i am and what i do right but i want you to leave disappointed so uh, I don't have to like get every day. There's something new in the news that happens that you get a, a bunch of circumstances put together. It's like that show chopped where you're like <laughs> right. taking all these circumstances and put them into a video. So uh, it's evergreen. Oh yeah. Hey Brent, as far as uh, you know, your, uh, your YouTube channel and so on starting to take off and getting uh, more subscribers and so on. Did you, um, I'm assuming that you've monetized that stuff. I don't know 100% if you have or not. And if so, did you need somebody to help guide you in that? Because that stuff's a bit of a mystery to us. It's elusive to us. Uh, yeah, it, it was It was crazy. Everything you ever wanted to know is on YouTube. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I was yeah. like, how do I, asking YouTube, how do I make money from you? And obviously <laughs> I'm making a lot if I'm recording from my car. So <laughs> Yes, there's the proof is that you're recording from your car. But uh, yeah, it, from my from my Bentley right now, <laughs> all you guys know. So I was, I was watching some some uh, some stuff online. And you, uh, it's very clever, and I am familiar with your your standup, which is not all you know straight up political and stuff like that. And uh, mm-hmm. apparently, you've been likened to gritty a lot. Is that correct? <laughs> I do. People in the comments will always like they leave gritty or they leave Yukon Cornelius from uh, Red, Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because. You know, I'm I'm a redheaded guy, and you always people always send me pictures. They'll be like, "Oh, you look like my cousin," and then they post a picture. I'm like, "That's not a compliment," and don't tell him that I that he looks like me either. Let's just bury this and never talk about it again. So, Brent, of the two of of Gritty and Yukon Cornelius, who do you align with more? I'm going to go with Yukon because my uh, I don't I don't want those googly eyes uh, like Gritty. Uh, 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 uh. I love that. Looks like he has a lot more dingleberries, by the way. So. Oh yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Have you uh, have you been through Philadelphia before? No, first time, but it'll oh. be good to be back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, to be back. good to be back. Uh, so so yeah, so you're going to be at, at Punchline. Uh, is it? Are you going to have any time to take in the city? And if so, where where are you uh, looking to go if you do? Or or do you just stay? Do you just sit in your car? <laughs> well, I'm going to sit in my car and <laughs> eat about thirty different kinds of cheesesteaks, I think, and some <laughs> cheese, some Philadelphia cream cheese, and maybe look at that bell thing that you guys. It's, have. The, yeah. the bell is literally it's boring as hell. I mean, yeah, that, you know, that. I, I it's just it's nothing. But are you intrigued went, by by the the cheesesteaks uh, and and sampling some? Oh yeah, I I don't I mean it's hard to tell on the radio, but if you saw actually you know what I look like, you'd be like, yeah, this guy has probably got a cheesesteak under his Yukon Cornelius hat right now. So. Well, you can have your pick of the litter here, man. There's plenty of places that you're going to be able to hit and uh, and ask uh, the gang at uh, at Punchline. They'll point you in the right direction. You can go on a little cheesesteak tour while you're in Philly. Yeah, I'm, I plan on it's. It's going to be uh, disgusting. That's how it's going to be. <laughs> <Excellent>. Disgusting. <laughs> I like that. Make it an orgy. Make it something that let, that you regret for the rest of your life. That's what we do here in Philadelphia. <laughs> we can give you a lifetime regret of regret in one weekend, easily. Yeah, I'm going to treat it like Vegas, but uh, <laughs> cheesesteak base. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nice. Uh, so Brent is uh, performing uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. There are uh, two shows tomorrow and Saturday, seven fifteen. 
And at 9.30, if you want to get those tickets, they're available at uh, punchlinephilly.com. We're hoping this is one stop of uh, many, and you'll be back through. And next time, we'll maybe have you right here in our studio when things kind of change up a little bit, Brent. Yeah, of course. I'd love to come in, and thank you guys for having me, and I hope to see everybody at shows this weekend. Absolutely. Absolutely. Continued success, my man. Thanks for coming on. Brent Taroon. Yeah! I need to pronounce his name correctly. Um, and yeah, he's he's in town for uh, three shows, which should be cool. So did go I, check him out. Did I read that? Uh, is Trevor Noah coming to the Wells Fargo? Yes. As a matter of fact, we oh, have really? tickets. Yeah, I was trying to figure out if we were supposed to announce that later okay. or interesting. And, or and if he not. does, you know, he's dating Minka Kelly. I wonder if he's going to bring Minka Kelly to Minka. Minka. Uh, hey, you know, when we started talking to uh, Brent, I mentioned, you know, he said he was in that four hour wait, and and I had said that I was on uh, the Atlanta State Expressway. Last weekend, I'd seen, I'd never seen this before. Um, so I, I'm driving along and I, I look down the ways, maybe, you know, 150 yards, 200 yards ahead or something like that. And I see this cop car and he is, he's got his lights on and he's weaving across three lanes back and forth and back hmm. and oh, forth. Yeah. And I'd never seen that maneuver before. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's how you get everybody on the highway to stop. Yeah. And he was he was doing you know gradually slowing down and slowing down and slowing down. Was there a closure ahead? Uh, there was a ways down yeah. the road. There was a dump truck uh, that was broken down on the left shoulder, and they needed to get it off to the right shoulder. And so we pulled up, and and eventually he slows to a complete stop. And that's when I started getting pissed off. I'm like, damn it, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I was like. A dozen cars. Right. You could have made I it. I could have yeah. made it yeah. if I would have just been Gunned it. three minutes. <laughs> you know, if I would have left three minutes earlier where I was yeah. before. But I wasn't, like I said, I was telling Brent, I wasn't that mad because at least I knew why I was stopped. I could actually see the progress that was taking place on whatever they needed to clear up. And I, you know, I just threw it in park and just kind of sat there and waited it it's out. It's so stultifying when you don't oh, know. It's so you have no energy, life-sucking to you, sit there. Oh. Why are we here? You just want to know. Yeah, they do yeah. that weaving to stop traffic. Um, Preston, I was the first car behind a closure once. And I was like, that guy in front of me is still, can I just, just let me right. through? Yeah. Let Please. me, just one more car. Kathy, it happened to me one night too. And it was on the way back from, I was doing an appearance. It's like two o'clock in the morning. I had to, it, it was a live, you know, radio broadcast from, from a nightclub and you stay till the club closes. It's like 2 a.m. Yeah. There's an accident. I'd crumb upon it. I'm the first car there. And the reason they stopped everybody was because some oil had spilled on the road. Oh. And so not only was I the first car there, and I had to pee so bad. Thank of course. God, there was a Gatorade <laughs> bottle in the car. Oh, yeah. my God. So, uh, so not only was I the first one there, Kathy, because there was oil on the road, they had to not only stop everybody, they had to close off the highway, and they started having people from the back turn around, turn around oh. and get on the, the, the last exit to get off, which means... I was the last oh, person to get, off. to get off there. So no. I had to sit and wait and wait and wait and wait. And I was like, <sighs> this could not be worse. And I didn't get home until after 3 o'clock. Did you have morning. a second Gatorade bottle for poop? Uh, no, no. I wish I would have. But that was just. <sighs> uh, uh, that's that's it. But once you get locked in that sort of thing, it's. Uh, and that's when you get on roads that are, are where the uh, exits are staggered. By great distances, and you just want to die. Yep, exactly. But then again, you always hope, listen, if there's someone's been in a bad accident, you, okay, I can, 
you know. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. You totally, yeah, I, yeah, I can deal yeah, with this. My, yeah, my yeah, problems yeah. Are, are minor. Are, are minuscule. Uh, Bill Weston's going to be hitting the road in the near future. He's taking a motorcycle trip. Yes, he is. And he's lucky to be heading out to the western part of the United States. Because it's so, it's so cool out there, there now. There is this massive heat wave. Oh, wow. That's taking place. It is, uh, I think... I was reading, Steve, you sent me an article about yes. the, the conditions and why it is what it is. But I saw, as far it, part of it is that there's a drought, and apparently it's a mega drought, and it's the worst in at least 400 years, they're saying. And what they're saying is, is that they anticipate on the order of 200 separate heat records being broken All right. in, in different areas. So, um uh, yeah, it's going to be uh, super toasty, and Bill is going to be out uh, on his broom broom. But and he's he's I think he's going with his his wife, so it's going to be oh, it's going to be hot. Now he says he's going to wear hot pants, huh. yeah, and, and, a, and a tank smart. top. So even when, when when you ride a motorcycle it, to protect yourself, yeah. They wear leathers. Yes, they do. Um, even... So if, if the bike ditches, you don't get road <laughs> exactly. rip. Yeah. Well, they do have, like, uh, I remember Steve Lushbaugh, uh, who used to work here for a long time. He rode his motorcycle in, and he had, like, ice vests that hmm. he would wear. But still, oh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah. listen, case if you're out on a long stretch of highway, yeah. do those, do those, how long do those stay? I don't That's know. Cool. Yeah, and also you, your bikes will heat overheat quickly, big yeah. time. You have to keep them moving. As yeah. a matter of fact, they are at least in Southern California, they're allowed allowed to ride in between. Like if you're in traffic jams, they're allowed and encouraged to ride in between the cars. Yeah, and if you're program directors, you can do that too. Yes, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard that. I've, people have mentioned that here. I don't know what the law says, but the law. <laughs> um, <laughs> So, I fought the law and the law won. Um, the ice vest thing, uh, Casey, literally, you put that in the freezer and it, and, and freeze it solid? I or? don't know if it is, uh, like, literal ice or if it is something, you know, like, Steve, you have the uh, the, the heat stuff that you, yes. you, know, you plug in, yes. uh, like a heat vest and heat gloves. Absolutely. I don't know if it's something that runs off of a battery. Um, there might be because a lot of times on, on, on bikes they do, it used to be the, yeah, it's now quite common where you, you there's an outlet and you'll plug and there, there may be some sort of cooling system that... Yeah. That 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 works off that, but I mean, if you're out in the baking sun, if you're out and it's <laughs> mm-hmm. like 118, 120 degrees, uh, I don't care how. Listen, you're, you're moving along that. Okay, we're looking at it, Preston. There's the Alpha Cool Original Cooling Ice Vest. Yeah, that, but you're right, Steve. Like it doesn't. The vest is not going to help when it's right. 118 and you're riding through the desert. Hmm. It looks <laughs> kind of like those uh, blankets they used in what was that movie where they where the people would. Uh, purposely kill themselves and then oh, flatliners. Uh, flatliners. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what it looks like. It's all lit up blue. Um, what's the hottest you can ever remember? A location you've been in where it's like okay, 122 degrees. Two. Yeah. Whoa. Where? Uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Yeah, and I remember clearly it was. Now again, that old thing about it's a dry heat was a little bit true. It is because mm-hmm. I, I, Not I, that I, true. I, I, it was, it was <laughs> not at 122. It, it was, it was. Super hot, clearly, uh, but um, for some reason, now I knew it was ripping hot. But when I heard the number later on, I was like, "Jesus yeah, Christ!" I, no, no, it's it is true because I I don't listen. It wasn't 122, but when I was in Arizona at the Hoover Dam, it was stifling hot. And then I stepped into the shade, and I was noticeably different, noticeably uh, as opposed know. to when you get over more, 115. Yeah, as opposed to more humid conditions, right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've I been think, in Vegas when it's been like 110, 115, and you can only stay outside for so long. And, and especially if you're in the sun, it's going to it's gonna do some damage. Do you know what the wild thing was? As I was going around town and I was asking, like, you would go into different 
um, I was out there for for a college uh, show and uh, different things like supermarkets and stuff. They had they were blacking out the windows. And really? They, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought, oh, is this <laughs> is this like what you guys do? But uh, they were so. They knew, you know, they were prepared for obviously the heat. It's Scottsdale, Arizona, for Christ's yeah, sake. Yeah. But um, yeah, I guess that's how they they cope, mitigate the uh, the sun coming in and adding extra heat. Every now and then, we'll hear from veterans who served in Iraq or Afghanistan, oh, yeah. and, you know, and in the Persian Gulf, and <laughs> they talk about temperatures that were routine in the one twenties. You know, yeah. and, and I think the World Cup's going to be in Qatar in a couple of years, and it, like they're afraid of what it's going to. Is it the World Cup or the Olympics? It's the World Cup, World right? Cup yep. Yeah, and it's you know it's the be, Westminster Dog Show. I don't think it's that. No, no, no. it's uh, it's the outdoor soccer tournament, and it's going to be challenging to make sure that they the players don't overheat. So the temperatures out west are expected to be, reach around 20 degrees Fahrenheit above average in some regions, which doesn't sound like that much, but if you figure, if you figure like 80 degrees is the average in the summer here, maybe that's 100 degrees uh, being uh, the, you know, where they're going to hit. Do you remember a few years ago in Vegas where we're like like uh, steering wheels were melting, yeah, planes and couldn't fly. Planes couldn't fly. Mm-hmm. There, there. I mean, there was just a a massive disruption because of the staggering heat. Uh, you know, I mean, it's at a certain point you you just you have to cease to exist. So the hot spell with the temperatures one might expect in July or August is driven by an amplified pattern in the jet stream, which is relatively narrow band of high altitude, powerful winds traveling some four to eight miles up in the atmosphere. Uh, and like a barrier, the band of westerly wind separates cooler northern air from warmer southern air. When I lived in the Midwest, when I lived in St. Louis, the jet stream was very important because it came when, it, when its position would right. always be what determined whether you had really humid or more comfortable temperatures. Now, you said that uh, St. Louis was very similar to here in the, the getting warmed with the humidity, yep. which is the which just puts the suck on the heat. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what it does. Uh, so, yeah, this uh, when the jet stream curves upward over a region like the western U.S., it allows warmer air to come up with it. And in this case, what they're calling a dome of hot, dry air oh. has pushed up over the west. Uh, but this atmospheric pattern is also intensified by what's happening on the ground. Much of the southwest is mired in severe, extreme, or exceptional drought right now. Mm. It's an acute drought because of lack of rain on top of 20 years of dryness due to a prolonged, what they call mega drought, the worst in the last 400 years, caused by the warming climate. And the consequences are exceptionally, it, it's you get this really dry soil, and when the soil is wet, Heat waves aren't as intense because some of the sun's energy goes into evaporating the moisture from the ground. But when it's dry, little of the sun's searing heat goes towards evaporating moisture from the ground. Instead, solar energy directly heats on the surface relentlessly and makes it brutal. Yeah. I lived in L.A. for a little bit, and I remember vividly, like, if you were anywhere near the beach, it was gorgeous and lovely. And then anytime you got in inland anywhere, especially into the valley, it was oppressively hot. And I'm, I'm looking at this weather map right now, and inland in Southern California right now is, is these temperatures you're talking about. But if, like, you're along the coast, yep. it's in the 50s and the 60s. It's, <laughs> wow. it's insane. And, and uh, out here is uh, Catalina, where the uh, effing wine mixer is. Right, right. And it's in the 60s right now. Well, it's funny living on Long Island, um, you know, and, and growing up on Long Island all my life, you would um, you'd be driving down the Long Island Expressway or the Northern State Parkway, Kathy, you know this. And then if you get on like the Seaford Oyster Bay Expressway going laterally across towards the oceans on both sides, whether it be the Long Island Sound or the actual Atlantic Ocean, the second you crossed a certain exit, Nick, you could feel the temperature drop because of the yeah. mitigating 
power of the water to cool things down. I don't know if I experienced the same. I was always just sweating because I was sitting in traffic. So. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a nightmare. Hey, I'm curious, being a new uh, resident to a uh, shore town um, in, uh, on the shore, does sometimes the sand get super duper hot? Oh my God, yeah, you burn your feet. Okay. <laughs> Especially in Wildwood. <laughs> don't you love watching people get stuck out <laughs> One there? One of my they, favorite they get scenes. like halfway from where, sorry, uh-huh. where they're sitting uh-huh. to where they're going and they realize I should have worn flip uh-huh. yeah. There's a great scene in the movie 10. It's the best. Where Dudley Moore goes on <laughs> and he is like, and literally the, the, the cabana boy or the pool boy Gives piggyback rides yeah. to yeah. people to their blankets. It happened to us. We were our last big family vacation. We took we took a Hawaiian vacation. We, we I, and I found out the hard yeah. way that the, the, the sand was hot, deadly. And we were up towards the, the away from the shore and in in the shade of a, of a palm tree. It was beautiful. Yeah. But anyway, I saw this couple come walking down, and they were barefoot, <laughs> and they were about to go on the sand. Oh, no. And I go just to that? let you guys know. The sand is way hot, <laughs> and I knew that they were headed to the water. And I'm, I go, I want you to give a heads up. And they were like, they kind of go, oh, okay, thanks. And they just they kept going. And I did you watch them? Delighted and <laughs> yeah. watching them. As they got cl- and the thing about it, as you get closer to the to the shore, it turns into like jagged rocks. Yeah. Oh, and so then, you couldn't get there fast. Oh hours. no! And once you got there, you still got to go. Oh, I don't know where to step. I don't. It's just gonna well, cut my feet. And so I just delighted. I'm like, I told you. Uh-huh. What you, what you eventually that. do is is you take your blanket and throw it down and stand on it for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you walk a little bit and throw your blanket down and stand on it a little bit. You can do that. Yeah. You just wear flip-flops and you should be fine. Yeah. yeah. It was like when we were in Tulum and they had that uh, they had a, a trampoline oh out in the ocean. <laughs> yes. And the, what people didn't know was about 10 or 15 <laughs> yards into the surf was like the yes. most jagged coral, coral ever. Yes. <laughs> and so people, I mean, I did it too. But so that's why it made it so great watching other people. Run into the surf right at the the oh. trampoline, and, and then. But I mean, people were like cutting their feet up yeah. on that. Yeah. That was not good. <laughs> yeah. Like, why would they put it there? To get a laugh, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, just to watch the uh, the, the tourists have a uh, pain. Uh, so yeah, the, so yeah, Bill's going to be out in this in this western heat. On, with a motorcycle group, I'm curious as to... He's going how, with the Pagans. How, <laughs> that's the group that Bill is with. Uh, mm. He's a badass. <laughs> Get your motor running. What did you say, Rico? I'm going to cut you. Uh, all right. We'll see. I, I want to hear stories from uh, how it, it turns out when he, he gets he, he Though he he does... He walks the walk. He does... The, I mean, he's... Yeah. I mean, to take those trips on cool, the bike. He's yeah. got a cool bike, too, it's man. It's awesome. That yeah. motorcycle. I remember seeing it out in the parking lot going, I wonder who's... That. I'm like, that can't be Bill's. Yep, it and is. Sure enough, it it's was. way too cool for Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Seriously. That's Bill's whole other life, though, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's... If you don't sit in a meeting with Bill... You think he's pretty cool? Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, nah, I mean he's he's doing he's he he's looks run- cool. He's a good looking guy. And everything. Yeah, he's yeah. running That's like guns. If he was like riding down the street on a on a motorcycle. It like might that. fit, right? Yeah. Okay. Bill has yeah. a cool side. He's into sex trafficking and all that stuff. Uh, he's, no. He does it all. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, anyhow, we should take a break and come back in a minute because we do have some bizarre file stories that we are going to get to, and we have that. And this Foo Fighters thing continues. A chance for you to win. Uh, this trip uh, to Madison Square Garden, overnight stay, train, uh, the whole deal. Uh, Pierre will have that for you, but we keep playing the Foo Fighters songs up until noon, so make sure that you keep listening. We'll be back in a moment. Stay there. 93.3 WMMR. Streaming on WMMR.com. Our mobile app, your smart speaker, and now at radio.com. 
All right, let's do the bizarre file. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's bizarre file. And it's brought to you by Stateside Vodka. Ah. Their sodas are made with just three simple ingredients. Stateside Vodka, sparkling water, and real fruit juice. It's available in liquor stores and at statesidevodka.com for pickup or shipping in PA. Well, I started with a horrible story in the last Bizarre File. I'm going to start with a horrible story in this Bizarre oh, File as well. May as well seem be, like old times. be consistent. A woman in England poured a mix of boiling water and sugar over her husband to extract vengeance after a family fight has been found guilty of his murder. Oh so God, it killed him. Wow. Killed him, yep. Uh, Karina Smith, 59 years old, attacked 81-year-old Michael Baines while he was in bed at their home. He suffered extensive burns and died five weeks later in the hospital. Smith denied murdering her husband of 38 years, but she was found guilty by a jury at Chester Crown Court. Yeah, so I've heard uh, just recently of something called prison napalm. And, uh, you know, is that what this is? Uh, that, it sounds like it could be. So the, the, the sugar like sticks on your body and, and I would imagine the burn. I would yeah. imagine that more of that hot water would stay on you. Than yeah. It would run, uh, and as opposed to the other water just running off quickly, maybe it makes the burns more intense. The prosecution said Smith, who was also her husband's carer, had been involved in a dispute with him and another family member prior to the killing. Jesus. Shortly after midnight, she took a bucket from her garden, boiled up two kettles of water, and mixed the water with three bags of sugar. Ugh. Smith, who was previously known as Karina Baines, then poured the liquid over him while he was sleeping before running to a neighbor's house in tears and telling them, I've hurt him, I've hurt him really bad, I think I've killed him. I, I don't get that. You, 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 you obviously have orchestrated a way to kill him, yeah. and then you freak out because, oh my God, I think I've done something. He had uh, sustained significant burns to more than a third of his body and died in the hospital uh, <sighs> a few weeks later. What a horror. Smith changed her story initially, but then admitted what she had done, but claimed it happened when she lost control. Uh, she was found guilty of his murder following a trial. She will be sentenced in July. That's just messed up. All right, here's a follow-up story for you. The father of 10 babies said to have been born to one mother in right. South Africa has right. asked the public to stop donating money to his partner, uh, Taboho Sotetsi, whose wife, uh, Gazami Sithole, Made headlines. Oh, yeah, the sit-holes. You remember the sit-holes? Yeah. <laughs> made headlines when it was claimed that she gave birth to Duceplets, uh, and also said that uh, he has still not been allowed to see the babies as mystery continues to surround the potential record-breaking brood. So he hasn't been able to visit the sit-hole. Well, yeah, and they don't think that the babies are really born. Maybe. A lot. This is right from the get-go when you reported the story. They said this was a big question as to Wait. whether or not this actually even happened. What yeah. that there's that there are babies, right? So Zetsi said, I appreciate the financial support that we have been getting from members of the public, but I also would like to appeal to the public to stop making money deposits into our accounts until members of the community have seen the babies. But according to South Africa's Sunday Times newspaper, uh, the hospital where Miss Sithole is claimed to have told her husband she gave birth to the babies after midnight on June 8th, uh, said that it had not treated her. While the clinic said it was aware of the publicity around the birth of the babies, a spokesperson told the newspaper we can confirm that none of our facilities were involved in the obstetric care of this patient or her duceplets. Yeah, she is pregnant, right? We do. I don't know the Let's story. Say, this, this is an effed-up story because... She has, supposedly, the, the original story was she gave birth to 10 babies. You think 
there would be pictures yeah. or something or a doctor on record, but there's none of that. So Mr. Sosetsi is also quoted in the news story as saying that uh, Ms. Sithole has been moved to the Steve Biko Academic Hospital. What does Dr. Bunghole say? But the Sunday Times reported that uh, Gauteng Health and provincial authorities were unable to trace her at any of their public or private health facilities. So nah, this nah. is most likely some huge ruse. She changed her story, press and she said she was swallowed by a whale. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well, then, and then now that that's one. A, that's uh, another one. People are, are doubting that that story was true, too. So we'll see it's if these ring true or not in the near future. Police say a couple drove straight at a police officer, rammed two patrol cars, and then broke into a Florida mayor's home while trying to evade authorities. Records show Officer William Tucker was patrolling around 2 a.m. Monday when he spotted a blue Toyota parked at a construction site. And when 31-year-old Matthew Sweet saw Tucker, he jumped into the Toyota and drove directly at, or Sweat, I'm sorry. Oh. He drove at Sweat who was in his patrol car and intentionally struck the vehicle. K-9 officer Joseph Elliman, his partner Cash, then took over following Sweat, who was still in the Toyota with 32-year-old Callie Ellig. Police said Elm followed the suspects, and after a short pursuit, they crashed into a ditch. Elm deployed Cash on a leash when he stood, uh, when he heard the door of one of the Toyotas open, or of the Toyota open, but the suspects ignored him. And instead, Sweat put the vehicle in reverse and drove straight at Elliman Cash, striking the dog in the process. Elliman was able to pull Cash back by the leash, grab him in his arms, and run away before they could be run over. Neither one were injured. The dog is okay. From there, Sweat is accused of ramming Elliman's patrol vehicle as he sped off before crashing. Police said Sweat and Elig got out of the Toyota. They ran into a wooded area not long before the vehicle caught on fire. Huh. The law enforcement personnel from three agencies searching for them, Sweat and Elig climbed over a fence and cut a hole uh, in order to break into a screened porch, and it ended up the person's house he broke into... The mayor. ...was the mayor of the town. Huh. <laughs> he was there, by the way. Officer Justin Vasquez, Alum and his partner Cash, went to the occupied home to convince the two to surrender, but Sweat ignored the commands to exit peacefully and repeatedly reached for his waistband. Cash was deployed, bit Sweat on the leg, which then allowed officers to take him into custody. He was accused of having a knife in his waistband. Ellen cooperated and was taken into custody without further incident. Thank you very much. That's the end of that story. All right, quick question. Was there another dog named Tango? There has to be, <laughs> right? right? I would hope so. All right, and then one last story. Uh, this seems like a bit of a mistake. The small town of Brooksville, Florida, had a big issue back in April. A businessman purchased a municipal building underneath the town's water tower for $55,000 and planned to convert it into a gym. But when he went to the county to get an address for his new business location, he was told that the parcel he bought included the entire water tower site as well. He bought it. He didn't even know he bought it. So he he bought the town's water tower. Wow. Really? Luckily for the town, he was willing to give it back. So it was some kind of a clerical error, but legally they sold him the water tower. He bought the water tower. Should have kept it. Totally <laughs> yeah, right. Now the, I mean, now because when is... you work out, you get thirsty. Right. Oh, I was thinking pool. You have a pool with the gym now. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. County records indicate like that, that show Petticoat Junction. You remember that, Preston? Yes. He used to swim in the town's water supply. You're right. Uh, which was it, disgusting. It <laughs> indicate that he transferred the tower back to Brooksville last <laughs> month. The city manager uh, Mary Cutney. Blames the use of a bad legal description for the blunder. The city's redevelopment agency director uh, resigned after the accidental sale of the town's water tower. And there you go, your bizarre file for now. 
All right, we're going to break. We'll come back in a second. We'll see how you've been doing as far as paying attention goes because we'll have a lesson question from the program. Uh, trash and some music news to share with you as well. We'll come back in a second. Not only can you hear Preston and Steve, you can see them too. Check out the Weekly Rush on Xfinity On Demand. New episodes, you guessed it, weekly. Back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Uh, in the meantime, we'd love for you to win a $50 Rita's gift card, should you be inclined. And all you've had to do is pay attention this morning and know the answer to this question. When he was in the band, Santana, what <laughs> instrument did Newt Gingrich play? <laughs> 215-263-WMMR. Let's see if you know the answer. When he was in the band, Santana, what instrument did Newt Gingrich play? It's his birthday today. If you heard it and you know the answer, by all means, give us a call right now. We'll see if you win. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, it's brought to you by Sequoia Outback. Sequoia Outback has any and everything that you can imagine to make your deck and or outside space a source of comfort and pride. Route 309 in Hatfield or at decksupplies.com. What's going on this morning, Steve? Well, James Corden receiving a petition to stop doing his Spill Your Guts contest because the food described as being gross often comes from Asian cultures. Corden has emphatically apologized, saying, quote, To be honest, I give them all the credit in the world for eating that crap. Hmm. I don't think that's going to help. Travis Scott confirming that he and Kylie Jenner are back together and that he often calls her wifey. Scott says this is for real. Noting that anytime he has sex with Kylie, he makes sure to clean the other women off of his beans. Oh, my Because he cares. And finally, the former La Bianca home where Charles Manson's followers committed murders in 1969 has finally sold for $2.2 million. The new owners say the home is a perfect little oasis for anyone who loves listening to the wails of the tormented dead. And that's probably <laughs> trash. All right, let's see if somebody knows the answer to the question. When he was in the band Santana, what instrument did Newt Gingrich play? And I will go to Mark for the answer. Hey, Mark, good morning. Hey, good morning. Good, good morning, morning Mark. All right, what instrument did Newt Gingrich play, please? He played the maracas. Maracas. Yeah. You got it, buddy. Hang on, Mark. We are going to give you... A $50 Rita's gift card. Try the new and refreshing Ocean Splash Italian Ice at Rita's. Perfect in both the Shimmering Mermaid and Yummy Gummy Shark Gelati. Available for a limited time only at Rita's. Splish Splash Yum. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Brought to you this morning by Armor Metals and Recycling. Get cash today. If you need cash fast, you can bring your scrap and e-cycling to Armor Metals and Recycling and walk away with cash today located in Pensacola, New Jersey or at armormetalsrecycling.com. Uh, let's see here. The members of Soundgarden have reached an agreement with Vicki Cornell, widow, of course, of uh, late Chris Cornell, regarding who controls the band's social media accounts. Uh, they're constantly battling. Including Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The band posted a statement to social media, which reads, Soundgarden and Vicki Cornell, the personal representative of the estate of Christopher Cornell, are pleased to announce that effective June 15, 2021, they have come to a temporary agreement that will transfer the Soundgarden social media accounts and website to the band's remaining members, Kim Thale, Matt Cameron, and Ben Shepard, and their managers, Red Light Management. So that includes Soundgarden's website, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter accounts. Uh, the agreement marks a productive first step towards healing and open dialogue 
and the parties wish for the social media accounts to celebrate the band's accomplishments and music while continuing to honor Chris's legacy. I didn't know, wasn't sure if that was going to happen or not. Yeah, I, they, this is the never-ending battle between all yeah. these people. So at least they got that part of it uh, worked out. Foo Fighters are back. Audience footage has emerged from Foo Fighters' Tuesday night gig at L.A.'s Canyon Club, the 610-person capacity venue in Agora Hills. Uh, the show, like their upcoming June 20th Madison Square Garden concert, was a vaccinated-only gig with tickets going for $26 and celebrating uh, celebration of the group's 26th anniversary tour. Rolling Stone reported a fan shot video from the show finds Taylor Hawkins swapping places with Dave Grohl who takes a seat behind the drums while Hawkins introduces a cover. Hawkins noted that after initially suggesting the Foo Fighters cover Queen, most of the band thought there was no way they could do it except Dave, who figured maybe we can. With that, the band launched into a note-perfect rendition of Queen's 1976 A Day at the Races showstopper, Somebody to Love. I think we have a clip of that. We do. Yes. Excellent. I would love to hear that. Yep, we got it. I would love to hear this. I would love it. All right, here we go. This is Taylor singing lead on this? I believe it is, yeah. All right, man. I'm in. Yeah. Yes. Think people are excited for Sunday night show. Oh my God. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we will give away, uh, Pierre will give away those tickets later. By the way, approximately 30 anti-vaxxers protested the band's decision to allow only fully vaccinated fans inside the show. Among that a group of people was acti- actor Ricky Schroeder, who posted on social media, Dave Grohl is an ignorant punk who needs to be slapped for supporting discrimination. Ignorance, now. ignorance comes in all shapes and sizes. Kurt Cobain is laughing at you, Dave, along with millions of patriots. Fool. So that's what Ricky Schroeder had to say. Was it fool or foo? Oh, oh. it should have been foo. Foo. You foo. You foo, you foo. Uh, Motley Crue's Nikki Six will publish his latest autobiography. It's called The First 21, How I Became Nikki Six. And it's coming out October 19th via Hatchet Books. Uh, the book follows Six's previous memoirs, 2011's This Is Gonna Hurt, 07's The Heroin Diaries, and Crue's joint band tome, which was the infamous The Dirt that came out in 2001. When did he write Sweet Valley High? I don't know when that came <laughs> out, Steve. No, that's not him. Uh, oh, it's not him? No. According to the book's announcement... <laughs> Uh, it said, you've heard the tales of excess and debauchery, all the peaks and valleys that came with rock and roll stardom and my life in one of the world's biggest bands. This is the story that you haven't heard, the one that led up to those stories. It's the intimate, personal story of how an innocent Idaho farm boy with a burning dream and desire for music, love, and fame 
uh, became the notorious Nikki Six. I believe our first 21 years have a lot to do with shaping who we become. These are my first 21, and it's my hope that the that they thrill and inspire you to invest in your own biggest dreams. Just don't do heroin along the way. Is yes, what you want that's to what you call a bump in the road. Put in there, yeah. Uh, Wolfgang Van Halen's debut album, self-titled set, it billed to his band's uh, Mammoth WVH. Is receiving great notices by critics and fans alike. I love that. Mammoth WVH will serve as the opening act for Guns N' Roses on their summer tour, which kicks off July 31st in Hershey. And he touched about how he and the band are gearing up for the trek and spoke candidly to the Washington Post about the band's first shows in massive stadiums. He said, all of me is nervous, not a part of me. It's a ridiculous amount of just little things in my head like... We'll be driving around, and I'll be in my head going, wow, what if I forget lyrics or something? Just little things like that, and it's more things to worry about. He went on to say, so yeah, I'm very excited to rehearse for the next four and a half weeks with the guys, and I can just nail it in my bones and get ready for it because I need the practice. Uh, The rock community has watched how internet trolls have uh, clobbered Wolfgang on his social media platform, slamming him for not only replacing Michael Anthony and Van Halen, uh, but over his appearance, quality of his music, even even accusing him of exploiting his relationship with his father, which is just silly, by the way. So, but he's he's doing his own thing. He's 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 proving his own uh, talents. And I think we so. Can't wait to see him at the MMR. Absolutely. Yep. And then one last story. Uh, some folks have a real great luck at thrift stores. A painting purchased for four bucks from a donation center for household goods in South River, Ontario was subsequently discovered to have been painted by David Bowie in 1977. Wow. Uh, the painting is now up for auction, and the auction house says the painting titled D-Head XLVI. What would XLVI be? I don't uh, know. For X-10VI would be, VI you said? Would be X- XLVI. Okay. <laughs> I had to look it up, man. Uh, and you pulled it up in reference to a Super Bowl. Yeah. Which one was 46. it? 46. 46. 46. Because the X, Steve, comes before the L. Right, which which makes, subtracts. Yeah. Right, right. So, so it makes 50 minus 10. Right. And then you add six. I used to, my, my, uh, my Roman numeral game used to be strong. I know. Yeah, I what, know. what happened? What, uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's because you don't use it every day. I think so. <laughs> now that we're not living in, uh, you know, outside of Rome. So it's titled D-Head 46. Uh, it's part of a series the singer created between 1994 and 1997. I'm David Bowie, and I love Roman numerals. Uh, the painting is being sold at part as part of uh, Cowley Abbott's International Art Online Auction is expected to fetch a high bid of nine to $12,000. Correct me if says, I'm wrong, but this painting, is this uh, Donatello from the uh, Turtles, Ninja Turtles? I don't know. Well, he did have a red. Uh, wait, no. Raphael had the red one, right? Yeah. Uh, Raphael was red. Donatello was, um, Leonardo was blue. Okay. So Donatello was purple. Maybe I'm reading too much into Everybody it. knows that Michelangelo was orange. Everybody. I thought it was okay. yellow. Is orange? Orange. Oh, all right. Not on, huh? It's not even a word. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And there you go. That's what I have in music news. Let's take a break. Come back. Wrap it up. Letter of the day. Word of the week prize. And so on. When we return. Stay with us. Spotlights the best rock in Philadelphia with Jackson's local shots. That's right, and this month's band is Goalkeeper. Goal 
goalkeeper. Your local shots artist of the month. Check them out every Wednesday at 6.30 right here on the Mighty MMR. And you can hear and see more now at WMMR.com. Keyword, local shots. Sponsored by Family and Company Jewelers. Find a band that rocks her world at Family. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Philly. It's been a gorgeous, gorgeous morning to spend with you today. Um, yeah, like 80 degrees in sunshine all day long. Um, tomorrow, similar, 85. Uh, and then warming up over the weekend will be around 90 Saturday, Sunday. Um, some clouds uh, may make their way into the area, but I'm not seeing any rain. It may change. I don't know, but as of now, no rain. I'm reticent hey. to observe something. What? Oh, man. Concerning the windows. Yeah. I know. Yeah, they've stopped. Yeah. I think tinting. they've officially stopped tinting. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been a little while, and we've had a good run. So. And it's so good to actually see outside and see the sun. It yeah. makes you happy. It does, most definitely. I've noticed, uh, I think some employees for Philly Insurance are starting to come back. The, the lobby looks like it has a little bit of activity. The new um, bump-out lobby that they put on the front of the building, and there were people sort of milling about yesterday. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not. They're working on the stairs, this bizarre yeah. staircase that they have in the front of the window. And then they the there are five-story tall chairs in the lobby. <laughs> seem to be turned around so, <laughs> so yeah i'm not sure when they're back. gonna when, yeah. when people are gonna start and we're gonna fully get coming back an eatery in our first floor as well too because manja's yeah. been gone for over a year now so right? what's moving in now? there we're supposed to be oh that's so cool nice. yeah by the way it's it, I, I was envisioning the other day as i was leaving what it's going to be like when the parking lot is full again because <laughs> yeah. we haven't that. had that in a long uh, time yeah. either so we get in early enough yeah. though we're okay. i mean we'll, we'll have yeah. our parking spots yeah. but i get a nice like beeline drive through where cars would normally park to the exit <laughs> i know and then we can deal with that but i you mean you can still just... do it you're just gonna smash a lot of cars yeah. <laughs> i want to thank uh joe holden from cbs3 hey. Hey. this morning uh cbs3 mysteries on tonight 11 o'clock um, very cool series, and it was nice talking to him. Joe's a big fan of our show, so we appreciate that. And we all, uh, Brent Terhune, the comedian, yeah. uh, is driving as we speak to Philadelphia. He stopped, pulled over in his car and did the interview with us. Uh, he'll be at Punchline uh, tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday. One show tonight at 8 o'clock, and then two shows on uh, Friday and Saturday, 7.15 and 9.30. PunchlinePhilly.com to get those tickets. I need to thank somebody. I don't know who it is, uh, but somebody sent uh, Yum Crumbs, the uh, strawberry shortcake crumbs that uh, end up on those uh, those popsicles. <laughs> Have you tried them yet? Uh, I did. Uh, and they are good. They they. Don't taste the I same as uh, normal, like, um, so I, I think, real crumb bum. think what you need is, uh, got it, got it, got it. okay, uh, is like maybe some vanilla and strawberry ice cream Ooh. to go with it. That's good. Yeah. Dude, that's better than I thought it was going to be. Really? Yeah. So mm. here, I'll, ha- I'll hand them over to you, Steve. Uh, but these, this is, these were sold on, on Etsy and they just ended up on our console today. I, so I don't know how they got here. Oh, there, it was in this, this bag that's in here. What bag? I saw a bag. Oh. There's a bag in there. Okay. Well, then, I didn't know who they were addressed to, uh, so I just ganked them myself. All right. So, Preston and Steve show. So, they're for everybody. And from, uh, it looks like Naomi. But you were the one who was asking Naomi Judd. I was. Naomi Judd. Yeah. Thank you, Naomi Judd. Mm. Dude, yeah, those are good. You yeah. Try? Yeah. They're really good. Spring yeah. those on some vanilla ice cream. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? That's perfect. I love it. Wow. How are you, Pierre? <laughs> I'm not quite sheveled. You're not quite You're disheveled. Disheveled. still disheveled. You're disheveled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I uh, you have a hard night last night. Well, it just was a bizarre night. I was driving to the gymnasium on Lancaster Avenue, and I'm heading up near Haverford or wherever, and um, I see 
it's twilight and I see two robins in the street uh, in on Lancaster Avenue, a very busy traveled road. And one of the birds is quite injured and the uh-huh. other one seems to be like concerned about it. And then there's a little V and there's not much traffic, oddly enough, on that road. And I pull off and I couldn't figure out if the one bird was completely dead, squashed yeah. or whatever. And the other bird flies away, and lo and behold, the other bird is kind of flopping around. I'm going, oh, dear. So what? you stepped on it? No. Oh, no. What'd you do? Well, uh, I I happen to have, a sh- oddly enough, a shoebox in my car of, of pens <laughs> that I had taken. What's this? This is Yakety Sax. Kevin Gunn wants me to play this anytime you go into your... Uh... Oh, sorry. It's okay. <laughs> so no, did anyway. you get it in the box and get it to... Um... No, you could Yakety Yak. No, no, no. Yeah, it's distracting. Um, so, well, so I, I've taken animals uh, that I've seen uh, before to the Schuylkill Wildlife Rehabilitation Center. I remember your snapping turtle. The turtle mm-hmm. years ago. We've uh, done likewise. They're wonderful. You make a donation right. and they, they'll, they'll try to help. And they're up on uh, Ridge Avenue in Roxborough, up by the radio towers. Yeah. Um, so I, I I go to their website and I'm I call them, uh, and um, they aren't. No, did they call me back? No, they didn't call me back. But it said uh, on their website, um, put the creature if it's a bird in a in a shoebox. I never have shoeboxes in my car, but I happen to have this shoebox of old pens and sharpies that I was going to bring in to put back into the system here. And so um, I emptied it on to the floor of my automobile. And then I always have now a, a roll of um, paper towels in the car because I'm always spilling things. And so I took a, a thing of paper towels and I went out into the road and I got the little robin and I wrapped him in a paper towel and I put him in the box and he's still squeaking and making yep. noises. I there go, you go. Now what the F do I do? Because right. the Schuylkill Wild Center is closed. So I put him, I wrapped him all up in paper towels and then I went to the gymnasium. And then they called me while I was at the gymnasium. They called back. They had closed. But he goes, we're not open and not going to be open tomorrow. He said, but there's another place called the Ark Wildlife Rehabilitation Center, which is in Chalfont. And I'm going, oh, cool. Where's Chalfont? Not close. Oh, my God. Is it not close? (laughs) So I get out of the gymnasium about 930, quarter to 10. And and then I, I have to put the light on to make sure a little birdie's still with us. And he is, and he's still, or she is still flopping around a little bit. And I'm going, okay. And then I GPS uh, my global PR system and um, drove to the middle of nowhere. I got there at like 1230 at night. But they have a 24-hour drop-off where you can drive up. I mean, and I'm thinking I'm going to be attacked and banjos are going to start playing any second now. It ain't that bad, dude. I live out that way. It ain't that <laughs> it was, bad. It was scary. I, being out of the city makes me nervous. Being in the fresh air in the countryside <laughs> yeah, yeah. It makes me mm-hmm. very nervous. So you drop off the bird. Well, I, they accept the they bird. Be- well, they were, there's nobody there. All right. But their door is open. And, and their path is free to walk. You can, <laughs> you can go in and... Put the creature and then fill out a little right. thing and make a donation. Then I look and there's cages in there and I see a possum. There's a possum walking up and looking at me through it. And then there's a duck in another cage. Pierre? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, you speak duck. I do speak duck. <laughs> I laugh duck. And so, uh, lo and behold, um, I got out of bed at about 12.30. And um, and then it took me another, you know, and then I stopped at a big Wawa and had coffee and a cookie to reward myself. <laughs> but and, uh, you saved a Do we think, do we believe the bird survived? Has, has the bird I called you this morning? It has not called right. yet. But, right. um, I left uh, my uh, information, and so so I'll report on said bird right. if I have. But it uh, it sheveled me. Uh, <laughs> you were sheveled by your sojourn. It made me not sheveled. So it survived your time at the gymnasium. It did. Well, I was thinking if I take this because I looked on the GPS and it was going to take so long yeah. to get out to the to the. I mean, uh, there's critters and stuff out there, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm af- I'm afraid I was going to be attacked every time I came to a stop sign. And I'm going. Nat says now turn right onto Broad Street, which was about an inch wide. It wasn't the Broad Street that I know. Mm. And so anyway, but I got there. It's a lovely facility. And um, what did you say? <laughs> Preston and Steve on ninety Now the Daily Letter. The Preston and Steve show is brought to you today by the letter uh, B, as in boy band. All right. Yeah. <laughs> We have a $350 gift card for Bob Dodge's Red Sparrow Tattoo and Gallery in downtown in Downingtown or the all new Runic Tattoos in Newtown Square. And for tattoo ideas, you can visit BobDodgeTattoos.com. We give that away tomorrow, which is fantastic. Now, you're giving something away today. Ooh. We were talking about it all morning long, man. Boy, oh, beanery. I'm telling you, we have got something to give away today. And it's uh, it's Fugu. Uh, if ever did you, what was the winner of the Fugu thing? By the I, way, I think it was a Goo Fighters. The Goo Fighters. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I never did find out the results of that. Because you guys had that excellent question: What if the Foo Fighters married the Goo Goo Dolls? What would they call themselves if you were in a cover band? Anyway, so uh, Foo Fighters, you've been playing them all morning long. I think I will probably get a workforce block at the very top of the noon hour of Foo songs, and maybe one in between then and now. Mm. And uh, then you'll need to know those songs. You'll need to be able to show you're vaccinated. And I will pick a number, a nice high number, to make it as fair as possible. And that person who can name all the songs uh, from 6 a.m. this morning when you guys started uh, up through that point will score a pair of tickets for Madison Square Garden, train, uh, and hotel. Nice. Pretty sweet. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's going to be cool, man. So that's coming up. Anything else you want to mention or are we good to go? Uh, <laughs> oh, we're going to get to a block of Bruce. Uh, yes. Today's Clarence's anniversary of his passing. And I've got that new um, Foo, uh, Foo Fighters. No, it's not. It Foo is Fighters. the Killers and Bruce Springsteen. Thank you. And by That's the way, we have some audio clips if you want to use them oh, of, of uh, them talking about their. Oh, I'd their love that. Yeah. Yes, we'll play uh, Bruce and uh, the con- the new thing he did with the Killers, which is an old Killer song. And uh, more things will be on the show. By the way, the poll was uh, between the Foo Foo Dolls or Goo Fighters, and uh, Goo Fighters won with uh, 57% of the vote, by the way. So that's what that was. Thank you. All right. um, See how helpful I am? Yeah. Yeah. Wonderfully helpful. I want to thank our sponsors, Preston and Steve Show, brought to you today by Acme. Uh, They have everything you need to prep for this summer season, and Acme is fresh foods and local flavors. Also brought to you by Dunkin', the official coffee of the Preston and Steve Show, and by Temple University's Fox School of Business. You can apply by June 30th. For your masters tomorrow, the big thing, the I bleed for Preston and Steve 
Blood Drive will be yes. taking place. Are you going to be out at one of the locations, Pierre? Yes, I'm going out after the show to Oaks, I believe. Excellent. Nice. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll have that and uh, get ready for Father's Day weekend. I think we'll do a contest, give some stuff away, and we will have a good time. That is it. We're done. Rage on, and have yourself a great day. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three, 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 three